Not raining down here. It was. Down here in downtown Chicago. It was. Well, it snowed once downtown, too. <laughs> Talking about right now. No, it is not raining, but it was. It's very overcast. And it uh, looks like we're going to get some more here. Yeah, it looks it's like rain. Darkening a little yeah, bit. Yeah. And my big toes starting to ache. <laughs> <laughs> His weather toe. <laughs> That's my weather toe. Acting up a lot of again. people don't know that before Tom Skilling will do a forecast, he'll ask Ronnie to take a picture of his toe. Uh. Enjoy your breakfast. Thanks for that visual image, by You're the way. quite welcome. Uh, you, you know who's here? <laughs> you know, of course. You, you know, know that laugh gives uh-huh. it away right you know there. Who's here. <laughs> did, you hear, did you hear that great exodus? <laughs> of listeners wow you could almost hear the radios turning off wow. all at the same time <laughs> listen anyway they, they turned the transmitter down like half it doesn't need to go that far <laughs> why, why waste the power yeah, right. especially since it's raining yeah <laughs> we could get hit by thunder it's mister got a shout out from elton john at soldier field the other night oh it's becoming so blasé at this point you're telling me <laughs> We'll find out about the Elton John concert uh, from Elton Jim Toronto coming up in a minute. Nine ten is the time. This would be your Dean Richards Sunday morning broadcasting from WGN Radio in Chicago. Uh, Elton Jim Toronto is here because Elton allegedly performed his final concert here in the Chicago area. Yeah, that's what he said. Farewell Yellow Brick Road Tour hit the the intimate soldier field the other night. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> Although I got to say, everybody seemed to have a really nice time. All the feedback that I've heard about it. Uh, every, everybody had a great time, despite the fact that it was incredibly hot and humid. <laughs> Very muggy. And... Uh, but the heat wasn't only around the stadium; it was coming from the stage. Yeah, he was. Hey, he was uh, heating up those keyboards. Everybody, he was. He, he was sweat. I, I, I mean, I don't know how. I mean, he's seventy-five, and oh, I'll he's tell got you, that forty-five-pound hairpiece on <laughs> the hairpiece, and he's got a forty-five-pound. Ja- I mean, he wears these these big jackets, these yeah. Gucci jackets that have all these sequin. You know, they're, that's got to be heavy. Maybe it's air conditioned. Maybe he's got one of those jackets that's got cool, a cooling system. Well, I know he took his glasses off a few times, and he was wiping his face yeah. because it was pretty hot out there. But Andy Schwanee, have you ever seen the Elton John? The Elton John? Never, never in person. Have. The no. Aerosmith? Never no. have. Nope. <laughs> the Led Zeppelin? <laughs> you never saw him, Schwanee? Nope, never have. Really? Nope. Yeah, I never have either. Wow. Oh. What, who, who, who does a, a Schwanee and an Andy, where, where are their musical tastes lie? Uh, well, I'm in the 80s, so I mean, I'm stuck in the 80s. Although, you know, yeah, but he's got a lot, big know, he had a lot of stuff in the 80s. I've seen Billy Joel, Phil Collins. Those, They're all 70s. Type. Yeah. Chubba Wumba. Howard Jones, Thomas Dolby, Andy's past president of the Chumbawamba fan club. Yep, Thompson Twins. Uh, I've seen. I don't want to brag. I've seen Elton John maybe three times. Okay. Yeah. What does that mean? (laughs) Does that that even count? Does that even compare? To most people, (laughs) it means normal. (laughs) And to others, it's a blip on the radar. Not even a blip. (laughs) This was your. You trying to impress me? How many shows? Two hundred and two hundred eight. Wow. Two oh eight. Yeah, and I had my little sign with me. Yeah. That my wife made, and um, so yeah, I I I showed it. I I think the sign thing. 
is actually, I'm going to take credit. Here's a surprise. I'm going to take credit for something. Mm -hmm. But uh, back in 2013, when it was my 150th concert, I made a sign that said, hey, you know, it's my 150th concert. Put my name there. And he did acknowledge that. And over since this farewell tour started, I've been having signs as they've gotten closer to 200. And so I think I've actually started the trend because now when you go to concerts, everybody has signs that say 40th show, mm-hmm. 80th show. There's right. a lot of, I mean, you look at me like I'm crazy and, and I'm and sure you I are. Am. And you are. But uh, there's certainly other people. I, I mean, I know a, a woman here in the Chicago area, Sharon, she's been to 249. Wow. Yeah. That's just, uh, amazing to me. Amazing to me that you that anyone would go see anybody that many times. I just, I mean, I wish I could do say. Get, do you get enjoyment? Out of I the, love it. Out I, of when, the actual music, when I or am, is it the camaraderie? No, no, no. Of the other people, I don't like even you? know anybody's around me when he's on. <laughs> I don't even. I mean, I feel bad when I even when my wife is there because I don't even know she's there. I'm sure she's pretty used to it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, probably welcomes it. <laughs> Every so often, I'll take a glance, but no, I, um, I just, I, I'm just, I am so focused. And when I'm in the whatever, like as hot as it was, and getting through all the Soldier Field parking and all that stuff, but when that show starts, I inevitably say to myself, there is nowhere else I would rather be than right where I'm at. Well, I, but I just wonder if it's the experience of being at still another Elton John concert. Because he's not really doing new music. I no, mean, it's not, you're not really hearing new things. No, he's, it's you know he's got such a vast library. He plays his hits, and he play and he and, and he plays pretty much. He doesn't vary from the script. I mean, he plays the same show when he's on yeah. a specific tour. Yeah, see, I would find that boring if it's no, a, the I same just, show. I just, I don't know. It's something. It's it's it, it, you know, we we all like like Andy was saying. You know, mm-hmm. we we all um, connect with the music that we grew up with. And I was nine years old when I first really started to 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 listen to him, yeah. and and I just it just never stops. And to your point about hearing the same songs, well, don't you listen to albums all the time? Don't you listen to the same songs you listen Do to? I? Well, I'm just saying in general. I, I don't think I've you know will sit and listen to the same album 208 times, <laughs> <laughs> back to back to back, right? <laughs> No, I just uh, and and good and, for you. Good and for I you must know, say, the last if it's something that you enjoy, good for you. Yeah, I mean, everybody I just, has their I, thing. I don't get it. Some people go to the Super Bowl every year. Some people go to, you know, eight bear games a year. What's the difference? What's the difference? What, you know, what's the difference? Everybody has their own little thing. Yeah, but Elton John uh, gave Jim a shout out from the stage as he's done uh, several times. This before. is about the fourth or fifth time now, yeah. which is pretty cool. Yeah, which is cool. We'll play. Uh, naturally, Jim sh- uh, sent me the clip. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I'm now. I mean, I, the scary part is, I mean, I only have in hand. I only have tickets to two more concerts, and then, and who knows? Yeah, you know. I mean, he's going to play until 2023, but that's in Europe. So His I last know. shows here in the U.S. are at Dodger Stadium. Dodger Stadium in November. When is that? November. November. Are you yeah. going to go to that? <laughs> what are you? Okay, what do you think? Well, I don't, I'm, that's why I'm <laughs> Of course asking. I'm going. The last concerts at Dodger Stadium right. where he played in 1975. Do you have tickets for that already? Oh, sure. How much? What, do you want to bet me? No, I'm just oh. wondering how much you. The last concert. I well, I, whatever they cost, I don't know. Thousand gonna get over a thousand. No, no. Are you kidding me? I would never. Do you hear that whole five hundred? I think that's what they. I don't know. Why don't you just tell me? I'm not. 
<laughs> what should I tell the whole? Well, it's true. Half the people are listening now, so nobody's really hearing this. But uh, well, no. What? It, what, what just, just curious. It's, what, what it's, t- it's, it's it's whatever it costs. What a ticket price. <laughs> what are you shy all of a <laughs> Well, no. But I mean, you know. What do you have in your pocket? I somebody, mean, I'm not asking you how much. Somebody, <laughs> how much is your rent? I mean, what? <laughs> I don't know why that's always. That's what's interesting is that. Like, I, I think it's interesting why? when there's a, a final concert. It's not about what you paid. Uh, it's the the final concert in the U.S. Yeah. And I'm sure ticket prices are through the roof. But I don't think they were. <clears throat> I could go on Ticketmaster.com right now and find out. Right. Uh, yeah. Okay. I thought I would ask you instead and save me some time. (laughs) Apparently not. (laughs) Let's just say I've spent a lot of money over the last. But 1976 was my first show. So. Well, I would never think to ask how much money that you've spent. I would never know. Would be an intrusion of your privacy. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, the the daggers you are shooting me right now! Wow. Just that I don't know why you're so private. I'm not. I'm, well, I, I just I'm. You know, that's several hundred dollars. That's how much the tickets cost. Shawnee, your witness. I'm here. I'm listening. <laughs> wow, this is uncomfortable. I guess I'll leave now. <laughs> Jeez, that's so uncomfortable. Uh, so uh, songs. Well, like what uh, you know. Song. All the hits? He did all the hits? Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, Tell us plays... a little about the show. Well, for those of us who didn't spend $700 for tickets. Well, he comes out and... Did uh, you have I mean, good seats, first of all? Oh, yeah. I was second row. Oh. oh. So super expensive tickets. Then. Here we go again. <laughs> well, it was the last show in Chicago. Shwani, how much do you think a ticket would go for se- would uh, you say second row? Second row? Oh. <laughs> Got to be a 1000 Yeah. Sounds yeah, like just under a thousand. Yeah. Right. yeah, have you taken out a second or third mortgage to pay for all of this? Wow! Instead of celebrating the joy of going and the the uh, the excitement, and no, we the want to put lifelong. You're putting. We want to know You're getting right cost. down to this 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 base thing of how much yeah. did it cost? I don't understand. How that. much did a drink cost? Did you have a drink? A beer, yeah. yeah, I didn't know. I didn't have anything. You don't have anything? No. My boy, my well, my wife, my wife bought some water. It was six twenty five for a bottle oh, of water. Wow. Yeah, that was a little expensive. That's expensive. Yeah, but we we milked that bottle for the whole show. <laughs> <laughs> we both shared one bottle of water. You spent over over two thousand dollars for tickets, and you wouldn't buy your wife her, her own bottle of water <laughs> on a she hot, had, humid night. I he couldn't her, afford it anymore I gave her after most the of tickets. It. You know you what, honey? Pl- if you get dehydrated, you get dehydrated. Northwestern's right, right down there. the street. You know how much parking was? <laughs> now that I'll tell you. And parking is so much fun at Soldier Field anyway. Oh, I, I've only this is only my th- second or third time I've ever been to Soldier Field. I don't really I've only been to a couple of Bear games in my life and I was in the South Lot. $55. And pack a lunch to get there too. Yeah, oh my gosh. But is there Andy, is there anywhere better to park? Yeah, the Waldron deck which is right outside gate O. Oh, is that the best? Cuz I yeah. saw that sign but I didn't know what that meant. Yeah, Waldron deck uh, is that uh, multi-leveled uh, 
deck right outside of Gate O. Oh, okay. So the South Lot was actually the worst one to be in. There, Probably, right? yeah. Oh, okay. But it's the biggest one. But it's, oh, okay. Yeah. You would think if you paid a thousand dollars for a ticket, they'd give you <laughs> VIP parking. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I mean, fifty-five dollars—that is a lot to park. Should have tried the old. I'm with the band. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, hold your sign up and see how far your sign. <laughs> yeah, my sign would have gotten yeah, me very far, often. See how far your sign gets <laughs> you when you're trying to sign. park. Yeah, like the, and then and and getting the shout out didn't help me get out of the parking lot any quicker. Nope, not at all. In fact, I almost got the co- the the co- so the, the parking attendants almost called the cops on me because um, we were just standing, we were just sitting. For, nobody's making a move for like twenty minutes. And these other cars are moving, and the line that I'm in to get out of this lot—it's ridiculous—is just sitting there. And I'm so I start, and I and I usually don't honk my horn, but we're just sitting there for 20 minutes. All these other cars are moving, and, and I'm like, "What? What about us?" So I, <laughs> I honk my horn, and nothing's happening. <clears throat> so I'm, I'm. There's a guy in front of me from Iowa, and I'm like, "You know, somebody has to make a move here, because no one's going to let you in on their own." So what'd you do? So I. Turned, I went around him, and then all of a sudden, this parking attendant comes flying at me, and he goes, are you crazy? Are you out of your mind? Get back, or I'm calling the cops. Wow. And I'm like, whoa, slow down. I said, well, wh- when are we going to go? I mean, I've been here for 20 minutes. Let us go. <laughs> and then I showed him my sign. That didn't work. <laughs> back of the line. <laughs> yeah. 630 area code text in. <laughs> Uh, tickets at Dodger Stadium, second row, nineteen hundred and six dollars. Okay, I, well, I didn't. Well, I'm not sitting there for nineteen hundred and six dollars at uh, Dodger oh, Stadium. That's a lot, and you got to get there, and you got to get there, and you got to pay for. I'm sure with the parking at Dodger Stadium is probably going to be. It's going to be. It's all over the place there. Yeah. Yeah. Eight four seven area code Dean. I'm with Alton Jim. It's none of your damn business. Thank what you. you. Paid for the tickets, right? How much did your shirt cost? I mean, what? what, what? <laughs> I don't understand why that's important. It's not. It's not what the, what you spent out of your pocket. It's what a valuable ticket. What what is the cost of a valuable ticket? Well, it's we as we know. That's we, what I was asking. As yeah. we learn from the Bruce Springsteen dynamic pricing, it, it is whatever people will pay these days. Yeah. Well, I was just wondering. You know, final show in Chicago. What would the ticket price for something like that be? So that's okay if you don't want to share. Suddenly you're shy. <laughs> Suddenly you're quiet and demure. Okay. It's like, where's this guy been yeah. for the last 15 years? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, we still don't know anything about the show, though. No, well, like, I said, paint I picture, mean, paint a picture for us. Well, uh, beautiful stage. They built a, a whole new outdoor stage for this show. And um, he comes right out and plays the hits Benny and the Jets, Philadelphia Freedom. Um, a cool little aspect. Uh, there's some really cool video that they've created. Each song has its own video, which is neat. The best song, which I've always felt from the beginning of the tour back in 2018, is um, Someone Saved My Life Tonight just because of the visuals. They have all these cartoons, these animation from Captain Fantastic and the Brown Recovery, which that song is from, and they play that while he's singing, and it's just very dramatic, and he really plays the hell out of that song. But... Um, uh, there's uh, other, almost every song, like I said, the show is very scripted and, and very technical in, in terms of um, the songs and the, and the video with it. So he really can't stray very much from um, 
from the thing, but he does play a, a good cross section, and he even plays that Cold Heart song. You know, his number one song with yeah. with uh, Dua Oompa Lipa. Loompa, whatever. Dua, Dua Lipa. Yeah. Dua Lipa, which is weird because he plays the recorded like the the, the musical part, track. Her parts recorded. Her part, but even the music is yeah. just like da dun da dun da dun, dun. So he doesn't know what to do. Because he, for a guy that has amazing musical talent, he really has no rhythm. And he doesn't know, when you get him away from that piano, he can't move. He can't, when he tries to dance or Mm. stand with a microphone and sing. that always been the case? Yeah, he's very awkward. Now in his older years. No, it's just, it's always been like that. Well, we're going to play the clip of Elton John uh, giving Elton Jim (laughs) a shout out uh, later on. And... uh, uh, I've got investigators checking this whole ticket price <laughs> uh, scandal. We've got the WGN investigative team working Anna on that. Anna is working Right, right. In the meantime, though, uh, here's something where information flows freely. Where oh. And it's free. Nothing is held back. <laughs> it's the weekly far-flung forecast with... Mr. Dave, Benny and the Jets, Schwan. <laughs> Thank you, Uncle Dean. Friends and neighbors, get your compasses and protractors oh, ready. Yeah. Since because you were here today, last time, uh, Jim, we now yeah. do we do Google Earth when uh, Schwanee does the far flung, yeah. far flung, far flung. Watch how you say that. We go, yeah. <laughs> we go on Google Earth. So we can, uh, you know, it's more uh, participatory. To see way. where? To see exactly yeah, where Yeah, we have listeners oh. text in saying that they're on their GPS oh, to cool. look for the locations. Right. Because I did it a couple weeks ago with you. Today, we, we actually go out to Long Island oh, in New uh, York to Cove Neck, New York. I love anything with a neck in it. Cove Neck, <laughs> New York. <laughs> <laughs> Cove Neck actually is a town within a town. It's in the larger town of Oyster Bay in mm. Nassau County. On the North Shore of Long Island, population 286, mm-hmm. Cove Neck, New York, Cove a Neck. wonderful, Cove. serene, quiet little place. Cove Neck, New York. Which also happens to have been the home of our 26th president, hmm. Theodore Roosevelt. He lived in Sagamore Hill. In fact, he died at the home there. It's now a National Historic Site. He is buried on the grounds. But we bring up Theodore Roosevelt because it was on this date, and it was great. 110 years ago today, Theodore Roosevelt became the nominee for president for the Progressive Party, better known as the Bull Moose Party, and it took place Right here in Chicago. Right here in the great city of Chicago. Down on South Wabash Avenue yep. at the Coliseum. And we not only know this, get this, we have Theodore Roosevelt recorded. What? In from 1912, and this was the premise of his speech. A lot of people had their iPhones that night. The great fundamental issue now before our people can be speaking it is, are the American people fit to govern themselves, to rule themselves, to control themselves? I believe they are. My opponents do not. I believe in the right of the people to rule. I believe that the majority of the plain people of the United States will, day in and day out, make fewer mistakes in governing themselves than any smaller class or body of men, no matter what their training, will make in trying to govern them. Now, he made... Uh, I would not have expected Theodore Roosevelt to sound like no. that. Oh, very much so. A native uh, New Yorker? Sure. I thought he would sound more gruff. 
Yeah. More gruff. His, his voice is a little higher pitched than I would Rough rider. Shawnee, do we know how much the tickets cost for the Coliseum that night? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> In between the prize fights there, right? Well, we'll go on Google. But, but Roosevelt lost the Republican nomination to uh, William Howard Taft that year, yeah. and he was upset about it, so he formed his own party. Mm. And the reason they called it the Bull Moose Party was because he told reporters that he felt fit as a bull moose. So that is why that was the name of the Progressive Party and uh, lost the election to Woodrow Wilson that year. But Coveneck, New York, they've got a heat advisory there today. It's 82 (laughs) already, going up to 90 degrees today. Dean Richard Sunday morning. Elton Jim, fresh off of his 208th Elton John concert over at the Soldier Field. Uh, also joining us this morning, we'll hear more about the, the concert. We'll, we'll hear what details Jim cares to share with us about the uh, concert coming up later on. Uh, but now uh, it's uh, one of our favorite times of the week. When we can uh, chat with Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer, Northwestern's Central DuPage Hospital. Uh, Mr. Dr. Most, welcome in. Nice to, <laughs> Mr. Nice, nice to talk to you. Got any more titles there? <laughs> Good morning. I was going to say, morning, you guys. Mr. Most, oh. and I remembered he's a doctor. That I should be calling him Dr. Most instead. Uh, so uh, is monkeypox the biggest thing we should be worrying about? Right now, it no. just seems like, oh, really? Okay. No, I still think we should be certainly still more worried about BA5 and COVID and what's going to go on when school comes back and hmm. the impact of Lollapalooza and Elton John concerts and things like that. Right, but yeah, right. certainly I think the education factor for monkeypox is important. Um, but uh, I, I wouldn't be everybody rushing in arms uh being concerned about it right so now. we so uh, you know because you know uh, when you watch the news you just hear stories about how super contagious this is now uh and there are shortages of uh, vaccines so people should not be concerned about uh getting vaccinated for the, for the monkeypox well I, I think that really when you look at the vaccine it, it's interesting when we look at covid vaccine we have so much of it that you know you 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 have to be careful walking into a pharmacy or you might get a COVID vaccine where uh, with monkeypox, it's the exact opposite. Obviously the population that has a higher chance of exposure certainly needs to be vaccinated and the logistics of getting the vaccines in the right place is one thing, but also the limits of the, the volume of vaccine. So it'll be really interesting this week, you know, the FDA put in to look at, Instead of taking a full dose of the vaccine, can we split that up into five doses? And instead of, you know, giving the needle deeper into the arm, just give it superficially so that we can do five times the amount of individuals uh, vaccinated Mm. and still get the immune response that we need to slow the spread of this. So the depth of the needle plays a role? Absolutely. So, you know, when we get a lot of vaccines, we give them what we call IM, so into the muscle, into that deltoid muscle. You know, we want to make sure we get it below this layer of the skin. Well, the skin is highly vascular, so that distributing this vaccine just below the skin 
we expect to get a really big immune response. Individuals who used to get polio vaccines, you remember you used to have that little mark on your arm. Right. And that was because we put that there at that point to get this big immune response. So it'll be interesting to see if it gets approved. Uh, certainly something we need as the amount of individuals who want to get this vaccine certainly outnumber the uh, availability of the vaccine. So uh, how is monkeypox spread now? Is it a skin-to-skin contact? Yeah, it's more direct contact, skin-to-skin, secretions-to-secretions. So, you know, being in a room with an individual where for COVID we're very concerned, the exact opposite for monkeypox. Unless you have direct contact with that individual, very close contact, the chance of you getting it is very small, small. Now, that being said, the virus, you know, the vaccine, excuse me, the virus will make these lesions on your skin that break open and have a lot of active virus. So direct contact with that Mm. certainly allows for spread. Okay. All right. So just, you know, everybody be careful for now uh, with all of that. Uh, Where are we uh, now with uh, COVID and BA5 uh, and uh, transmission rates? I know in certain parts of the country are uh, over uh, 40%, right? Yeah, we, you look at the entire country. If you took every, t- every county in the entire country, over 40% of them are at the high transmission rate. That would have been unheard of if we went back, you know, three, four months, where even around here in Chicago, we were at the low to mild transmission rate. So certainly we're seeing the impact of BA5 and how well and how easily it spreads. So the big concern, I think, is going to be what's going to go on when we open the schools here in just a couple of weeks uh, and have a lot of children back in that environment with low vaccination rates. Are we going to see another large bump in the adult population as well? Yeah, as we start going back inside when the weather begins to get colder again as well, that's going to be an issue. All of that with uh, the prospect of this new booster shot, which everyone is saying is going to come sometime in September. A lot of people holding off on getting a second booster shot because they want to wait to get the new and improved shot and you know i know that question is going to come up 20 times on our text line this morning should people wait yeah dean you know if if you think last time we spoke we were saying hey we're going to get the approval for those under the age of 50 to get that second booster well not only didn't that come it came in the opposite saying no we're going to hold off and we want you individuals to wait until the new vaccine comes out and when i say new vaccine People need to understand that the new vaccine is going to be the original COVID vaccine, but also have protection from BA5, which is this dominant strain that's running rampant right now. So the window of opportunity for us to get that out there is fairly small, right? Look at the number of cases that are happening right now. By the time we distribute it, is BA5 going to be so widely spread that the vaccine doesn't have as much impact as we would hope it would if it were available today? So I'll tell you, you know, I don't whether to say it's missteps or communication, but certainly our decisions on vaccines overall will certainly be looked at in Monday morning quarterbacks for decades to come. Yeah, it's a little bit hard to believe that, you know, over the past two and a half years, it, it it's almost as if we haven't learned anything about how to distribute all of this, uh, how to make decisions about it, who should be making the decisions uh, about uh, all of this. Do you agree? Well, you know, we certainly have had some brilliant minds doing it, and we've certainly had restrictions on the logistics of how do we get this there. If you remember, initially, we had to have this super frozen, you know, we had, a, we had hospitals buying right. uh, special freezers for this, and now you can walk into the CVS and, and get a shot without even, you know, waiting. 
So certainly uh, we've had some learnings that has allowed us to get the distribution much wider, but certainly from an overall point of view, we're going to be looking back and saying, what did we learn? What could we have done better? Because that list is fairly long. Yeah, let's uh, take a quick break. We'll come back and get to as many of your questions as possible. Text or phone, 312-981-7200. 948, Dr. Kevin Most, Central DuPage Hospital on the line with us as always to answer your questions, 312-981-7200. Kev, I don't know if you heard the news just came over about a half an hour ago that President Biden now has been officially cleared to emerge from isolation uh, following his rebound COVID-19 case. Uh, Talk to me a little bit about the rebound uh, covid Yeah, it's interesting, Dean, when we look at the number of people who have been put on Paxlovid, the the medication that can slow the spread of this illness, that a small portion of them get what we call a rebound case. They come back and all of a sudden they're testing positive again. Some have more mild symptoms. The president had very mild symptoms on the rebound. But we're still trying to figure out why is that? Is it that the medication didn't work? Is it they got re-exposed? Well, in the president's case, you could probably say that the medication didn't work as well as it was supposed to. But certainly those individuals, the other 95% who are not getting the rebound case, look at this medication as a, a medication that certainly has decreased the amount of symptoms, the length of symptoms, and has made them much more comfortable quicker than had they not taken it. The uh, president's physician Uh, wrote in a letter uh, released about a half an hour ago this morning, uh, the president's SARS-CoV-2 antigen testing was negative for a second day. He will safely return to public engagement and presidential travel. Is that what's safe? I mean, when, when you come out of COVID like he did, how long do you wait after that? How many tests do you have to have? What's, what's the proper and safe protocol? following? Yeah, well, Right. But we're actually telling people not to test, right? We're telling people, hey, somewhere between five and seven days after your initial onset, if you don't have symptoms and you're fever free, don't worry about it. Now, he's being overly cautious and is being tested every day. But we know that some people will be testing positive for 10 days, 20 days, 30 days, even when, in fact, they may not be contagious. So we're not looking for everybody to chase that negative test, but certainly to use common sense as far as are they still symptomatic? Are they still coughing? Do they still have a fever? Those cases, certainly, I don't care whether you're day five, day seven, day 10, you certainly need to continue to be um, quarantined or isolated. The president did exactly what he was supposed to do, right? Isolated himself, worked, you know, essentially virtually for the past, you know, seven to 10 days, and is now tested positive, or excuse me, tested negative uh, twice. So very good that he's doing and setting a great example for us. But I think the general public needs to know we don't need to continue to chase that negative test because the cost of it and the accuracy of it is quite low. Here's Pete. You're on with Dr. Kevin Most on WGN. Hi there, Dr. Most. Um, my question is about, um, I'm wondering what the transmission would be with, um, let's say, for instance, it's raining out and now, now the surface is wet. Well, somebody sits down, and their there's previous person had open sore from the, the monkeypox, and the person sits down, and I'm wondering if it could be spread that way. 
Pete, you know, you hit on a very good point that we understand that monkeypox can be transmitted by individuals who touch surfaces with open lesion and then it's followed up by touching a lesion shortly thereafter by someone who is not infected. So totally different than COVID where we're, if you remember, we were microwaving our mail and washing everything with bleach. Um, certainly with monkeypox, we know that there can be that transmission by touching an inert object, not just the individual themselves. So you need to be aware of your environment, who's around you that has potentially has this illness, and especially those with the uh, open sores and the open rash. Thank you for the call. Uh, the uh, 847 area code, I'm 66 years old. I went in for a third booster uh, as my last was in April. The pharmacist said they have not approved a third booster yet. Uh, my main shot and two boosters were all Pfizer. Is that is that true, or, or what they're saying? No, that's true. <clears throat> so, you know, right now we have the regular series. The first two are the one Johnson & Johnson, and two boosters have been approved after that. So a third booster has not been approved yet. Will that be approved? My opinion, it will be, especially when the new vaccine is rolled out, because you're going to have a lot of people that are going to be anxious to get that coverage and that protection for the BA5, which will be found in in that vaccine. But currently right now, a third booster is not approved. So when I was at Lollapalooza, I saw very few masks out in the crowd. What about the Elton John concert, uh, Jim? Not a mask to be found. Interesting. Okay. Not a mask to be found. In these large group settings, Kev, where you know people are dancing and singing and jubilant, uh, potential super spreader events? Absolutely. You know, and the risks for the two groups are actually kind of interesting and different. If you went to Lollapalooza and you, you know, there's 10 bands playing, you don't know the words, but certainly we're jamming this group of individuals as close as possible. We're serving them alcohol, and it's a demographic that feels that they're pretty much, you know, invincible. So certainly a great potential there. Look at the Elton John concert, and, you know, not to make a difference of the demographics, but probably an older demographic. But interestingly enough, probably know every single word of every single song and sang along with him for these so again the the chance of spreading virus you know out while you're singing yelling screaming uh much higher so the protection in the elton john concert i bet you if you asked everybody who walked in how many of them were vaccinated you'd probably be well north of you know 60 percent of people at Lollapalooza, you're probably closer to 30 percent so both of them have potential but for two different reasons and two different demographics. Now, so, when, I, when I was crowd surfing at Lollapalooza. <laughs> when you were in the mosh pit. When I was in the mosh pit. <laughs> I was wearing my mask. I, so yeah. I was protected then, right? When, when I was uh, being passed uh, hand over hand uh, through the crowd. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. You had 100% protection. <laughs> so as you say, the, the chance of spread COVID would be more during Crocodile Rock than I guess that's why they call it the blues in terms of people knowing the, the, the mm-hmm. lyrics or... One hundred percent. I mean, look, you've been to 208 of these. You probably know that people think that their voice is just as good as Elton John's and want to sing along with him. Well, listen to my voice. Listen to my horse voice today. What do you think I was doing? Yeah, exactly. Well, you're you're with those people all the time. That's like uh, we're immune. What what did you call it? You know, when you were with your family when during the, the worst of the pandemic and you stayed within your own social group, you know, your family. That's you. With- <laughs> right. Exactly. 70,000 people right. at Soldier Field. Uh, the 847 area code said, I'm leaving September 21st for a driving trip through the Smokies. 
uh, when do I get my second booster? If you're going well, on vacation, when should you get your second booster? Yeah, right now, I would get say, if you're eligible for that second booster, get it now. You know, what we're really trying to do is protect you from the BA5. <clears throat> now, <clears throat> excuse me, we know that the BA5, even with the second booster, you can get it, but you're going to have much milder symptoms and a shorter duration of illness. If you're going to be driving, especially, it's interesting, you know, you're going to be in a car, hopefully, with just individuals you know. You're going to be going to hotels, you know. So, it's really, your exposure is not going to be similar to a concert. But certainly, you should try to get your protection rate up as high as it can, and that would be with the vaccine as soon as possible. Very good. Dr. Kevin Most is the Chief Medical Officer, Northwestern Central DuPage Hospital. Kev, I hope you have a great day today. Thank you so much, as always. You got it, team. How are you today, Shawnee? I feel good. like I feel like I've neglected you today. Oh, that's nothing new in the past, oh, <laughs> say, 41 years. 41 years. Yeah. Is that true? I yes, try to it be is. a nice guy and be concerned. And, <laughs> and How's your big toe? I'm doing well this today. Thank you. How's my big toe? This is what I get back It's a lot better now that the rain has moved away. <laughs> Schwanny looking, uh, when I went to the news uh, department, uh, you know, Andy is always very uh, casual. Yeah. But Schwanny doing the shorts today. Yeah. Yeah. Two it's been, it's been uh, a hot weekend. So Two I just weeks in a row. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I never saw. Oh, yeah. Shawnee with the shorts on. Last week was his exposure of gams. <laughs> <laughs> with the light shawl. And I was, was complimented. Well. I was complimented. Yeah, he's got a yeah. nice set. Uh, and he's got the t-shirt. Last week he had the shorts on and uh, a babushka or something. I forget what he had on. But it didn't a make shmata. Sense. It didn't make sense what he was wearing, but today he's in full summer gear. Yeah, he today. looked quite the... You looked at, I thought he was going to play a round of tennis or something. Yeah. Looked all, you know. uh, also, speaking of last week, by the way, all I heard all week from people is how much they... Uh, we, were, we were talking about how the smell of uh, marijuana oh, is everywhere downtown. I heard, it was I in heard New York. That's about it myself. all yes. I heard about this week <laughs> from our pothead listeners. <laughs> well, I predicted that because when I, I, I went to Amsterdam two or three years ago before it was legalized here in Illinois, and all, that's all I smelled. Yeah. Walking around. And, and even even when you, you would, people would walk past you, you would smell it on them. Yeah. And I said, when, when it gets legalized here get ready you are going to smell it everywhere everywhere i smelled it it walking into this building here this morning (laughs) nice i'm walking just across the street and uh i smell the i I smell the uh the devil's weed smoke (laughs) and now remember like you'd go to a bar and you know back in the smoking days when you could smoke you know cigarettes in a bar and your your coat would always you come home and it would smell like well now your coat smells like marijuana from people not that they're smoking it in there but just it's on them It it must be much more of a a scent that stays with you we had a full investigation on this oh yeah uh, and apparently the quality of the weed is so good uh it it (laughs) depend will will leave a certain smell if you have cheap weed uh that's the stinkies uh, oh oh, really the better the weed the better the smell ah apparently well there's a lot of bad weed out there then it's like skunky beer you know (laughs) it's like skunky. yeah exactly like skunky beer yeah and i do not want to reopen the subject <laughs> by the way i'm just saying that's all i heard all week long was about i heard about it myself our yeah. weed our weed filled sunday morning <laughs> listeners here today certainly will uh, go down as one of the most memorable concerts of 2022 elton john's 
final Chicago appearance, allegedly. 51st in Chicago. There's so many artists that say, well, this is my farewell tour. I'm not coming back. I'm not. Uh, you, you think uh, Elton means it? You know, at first I didn't because uh, he loves the applause. Even at the show the other night, he's walking up and down the stage. And people are clapping, and he's like, come on, more, more, more. I mean, he just loves the applause. But I'll tell you, when he talks about leaving, when this tour started in 2018, uh, I felt it was like, you know, because they said that he might do a residency, like when this tour, he doesn't want to tour where he's always traveling, but to do a residency like in Vegas or, you know, in New York and stay there in one town for a week or something, I thought that would be a possibility. But now that COVID delayed things two years and he's going to be 76, and when he talks about this being the end and he talks about wanting to spend time with with his husband David and his two kids, it really sounds sincere. Yeah. And I'm really wondering... That he's really soaking this in. I mean, we talk about these shout-outs that he's been giving to me and other people over the last couple of years. I think he's 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 taking it in. I think he's being appreciative to these people that he may have noticed and seen these fans. But I really think um, if he, t- I mean, he, I'll probably take a year off. I would assume. So then you're 78 years old. I mean. Do you want to just spend time with your kids? He's got, you know, by that time, they'll be teenage kids. I really think he's not going to tour or, or even he may perform every so often at a place. Uh, right. But, That's what it seems like. And, yeah. you know, it's really obvious. I mean, in this clip that I'm about to play, he does give Jim uh, Elton Jim Toronto, who's here this morning, uh, a shout out. But you you can hear him. I mean, he's kind of reflecting yeah. on his Chicago concerts, his touring uh, history. Uh, take a listen. This is from Soldier Field the other night. And uh, tonight is the 246th show on the Farewell Yellowbrick Road Tour. And my first time here in Soldier Field, and my 51st concert in Chicago. My first concert here was November the 25th, 1970, at the Auditorium Theatre. And tonight is my 57th, 67th concert in Illinois. And it will be my last. My sons and David are here tonight, and they're the reason that I don't want to tour anymore because I'll be 76 next year when I stop, and I just want to spend the rest of my life enjoying them. But I won't forget you. How can I forget you guys? You give me everything. If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be sitting up here. You bought the records, the CDs, the cassettes, the albums, the eight tracks. But more important, as I always say, the ticket to the concerts, because I love to play live more than anything else. And all of you who dressed up tonight, I can see you over there, down there, with the glasses on. You guys. to multiple shows like Jim here in the front who's been to 208 I can't believe you can stand that amount of time watching me but he's amazing um, I want to wish you love and happiness and health um, be kind to each other and remember I take you with me in my heart and my soul um, and I love you very very much thank you for all the love you give me all the loyalty it's nice that's very nice yeah that's right 
And then he plays Goodbye Olympic Road. Nice shout out for you. Yeah, so it's very cool. I wasn't expecting it necessarily. I brought my little sign with me. That's how he knew that I had 208 shows. Um, but you never know. I mean, I, I was shocked when we, uh, my wife and I went to, uh, to London uh, in July. Uh, to see him play at uh, at Watford, where he uh, he used to own the, the that's his football team, his his favorite soccer team, and that was a very special shows that he was, did there. And he actually pointed me out again and said, you know, he came all the way from. He goes, he's everywhere. Yeah. You know, has it occurred to you that maybe he's pointing you out so the secu- his security <laughs> knows where you are? The security does know me, Dave. The security guy does know me. <laughs> yeah, he's just pointing out. He's right there, guys. I see him. He's right there. Keep an eye on him. But it's been a very. Did interesting... you get, do you get dressed up? Uh, Talk no, about the people who get dressed I, I, up. I bring uh, those glasses. You know, my the, the glasses I have of his. You know, the white glasses mm-hmm. that you've seen that I wear when we go to uh, you know to tree time. But I don't wear all the all the boas. And I mean now. I could only imagine at Dodger Stadium because right now one of the most popular Halloween costumes is his sequined Dodger, sta- you know, the, the Dodgers baseball base that he wore in '75 right. that was uh, designed by Bob Mackey, and now that is one of the most popular. I mean, you can buy that online as a as a Halloween costume. Yeah. So now at the concerts, people are a lot of people wearing that. I can only imagine at Dodger Stadium. I mean, everyone's going to probably be wearing. Oh those. yeah, of course. Yeah, you know, but uh, course. but no, I don't wear the boas and stuff like that. Now I'm not asking you because I know you don't want to talk about it. But I'm just <laughs> I'm just wondering what uh, <laughs> that's going to be. Dodger Stadium will be his final in the U.S. show in the U.S. on this tour. Yeah, right. But he may play. Like I said, who knows? He may do another show. But I mean, he if you heard that, there was kind of obscured. But he did say this is my 67th show in Illinois, and it will be my last. So. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's kind of he, sad to hear him actually say that. It is very sad. This very has been makes me melancholy. Yeah, it, it's it was it was it's it, it's very it's very bittersweet because uh, I'm still like I said I only have now you know it's hard for me to believe that I won't be seeing him um, in concert. It's been such a major part of my life for the past you know thirty or forty years, and uh, so yeah, it, it, it's it's fun at the moment, but then when it's done, you go okay, well now another one is gone. And, Who do you think uh, you'll be stalking next? I'll tell you, I'm going to be saving a lot. To your point about the money, um, it's going to. I'm going to have. I don't think I'll be going to concerts. I mean, I, I may go to some concerts, but that's oh, you'll be able to put air conditioning in your house. <laughs> Are you kidding? Crank it. Let's go. <laughs> and the heat and the and the heat. I even go crazy and put heat on in the winter. <laughs> I might forget about all that layering. Forget, take the hooded sweatshirts and the socks off. Let's go nuts. Okay, so I went to Ticketmaster.com <laughs> okay. while you were talking. You're such an investigative reporter now since you had the big scoop about uh, Lollapalooza am, being here for I 10 the, years. I'm the Pam Zekman of the entertainment world <laughs> <laughs> now. Yeah, Google that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for your kids. For anyone under 50, Google that. Uh, tickets uh, in, uh, right in front of the stage, which I, was, I presume that's where you want to be, right? I have. I, I yeah, hope to be. Of course. Uh, tickets right in front of the stage. Uh, section D, mm. row... Oh, you don't want row 20. That's, 20? That's too far. I might as well stay home. Uh, row 9? Nine? Nine's not bad. Nine's not bad? Yeah. 1600 bucks. And that's at Dodger Stadium? Dodger Stadium. Yeah. This is on Ticketmaster. Yeah. Uh, row... But I bought mine a year and a half ago. So I am not going... I, so these are now going up in price. This is interesting. Row 20, further away... Two thousand one hundred twenty-nine dollars. Well, see, that's my point uh, because because you have to understand now. 
Ticketmaster is reselling tickets. Hmm. You know, these are these are not face value tickets. These are tickets that are being resold. Okay. So somebody's asking that. All right. Well, well, this is the, the you know the going price though. Apparently. Yeah. Uh, row five, four thousand one hundred ninety one dollars. <laughs> first Sorry. row. Here's wow. first what, row. What, what is first row going for? Section D. This is right in front of the stage. First row. Uh-huh. Seven thousand four hundred ninety four dollars. Now, now, even that's crazy. Now, I, well, it's not crazy, but no, no, I'm joking. No, I would never. Like, like I'm, I'm really seriously. I have seen Bruce Springsteen every tour since 1980. Yeah, but with this dynamic pricing, I, I do not have tickets right now. I don't. I may not go see. I, I, I can't justify paying twenty five hundred dollars to see a concert for one ticket. Yeah. I like to just stay home and watch the Supremes on Ed Sullivan show. (laughs) Yeah, on MeTV. Hey, Andy, are you in the middle of anything? No. I read something that Andy wrote this week about the Uh passing of Vin Scully. Yeah. The legendary broadcaster, Vin Scully. Great guy. Which is one of the best things that I've ever read. It's phenomenal. Oh, thank you. Can we talk about that when we come back from a quick break here? It's a left field, down the line, in the corner, home run! The legendary Vin Scully uh, passed away this week. Uh, How many years, Andy, uh, reporting and calling uh, play-by-play for the L.A. Dodgers? No, just 67. How about that? Move with the team from Brooklyn. He was uh, started in Brooklyn in 1950. The first first lineup that he called a game for had Pee Wee Reese leading off, and Jackie Robinson was in the lineup as well. Wow. 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 That's amazing. But the consummate professional, I mean, that's all that I knew. Anytime that I had heard clips of the great Vin Scully. Uh, he was just so polished and professional, and uh, he painted such pictures with his words. Um, a little bit different from uh, the homespun uh, style that Harry Carey had, say. <laughs> yeah. Some Chicago broadcasters had uh, put out there through the years. I mean, just a, a completely different thing. So when he passed away this week, uh, you know, I was reading some of the stories about his career, and Andy wrote... Uh, it was for blog, I think, right? That yeah, you... I write uh, for a, it's called Barrett Sports Media. It's an industry uh, website that a lot of uh, uh, broadcasters go to uh, read about things. So and... we sports yeah. broadcasters, yeah. We, we love to read that. <laughs> we love to read that yeah. stuff. Uh, but uh, I, I had no idea the impact that Vin Scully had on you. Oh, yeah. And you so beautifully put into words in this blog. Uh, paying tribute to one of your idols. Yeah, you know it's it's interesting because he, you know he did football and uh, tennis even before I realized he was a baseball guy because he he called a couple of Bears games on CBS back in the day and you know you get to know the the voice and then you know I get into this field and in 2004 I was with the Cubs in our in our broadcast booth I you know, I had mentioned in passing to Pat Hughes that I, you know, I'd really like to meet Vin you know, I hadn't met him yet and I had a ball that I wanted to have him sign the ultimate geek thing that uh, you know I wanted to do and. I thought nothing of it, and Pat finally motioned me over after the game ended, and we went into the the private dining room for the uh, Dodgers broadcasters. And Vin, you know, being the gentleman that he is, he stood up, I mean, to, to say hello to me, shake my hand. Wow. I mean, I'd never really met him before. I'd seen him around. He'd seen me. 
And then, you know, he's asking me questions. He says, yeah, I understand you're doing some play-by-play. I'm like, yeah. He goes, how's, wow. that, how's it going? And I'm like, well, he says, keep at it. You'll be great. You'll be great. And I'm like, okay, thanks. And, you wow. know, he signed the ball. And uh, fast forward when I was with the Padres in, in 2013 uh, at Petco Park, there's a, a ramp that goes down to the broadcast booths. It's kind of a blind turn to go to the radio booth and the TV booth for the visitors right next door. And I almost literally ran into him because <laughs> you couldn't see around the corner. The only thing that saved me and him was the fact that he, to warm up his voice, he hummed. And he was, he'd hum out loud walking up and down the hallways mm. oh, is that funny? to get ready for a broadcast. Yeah, you warm up your vocal cords. Yeah. And I heard him humming and I stopped. So I knew that it was, I knew it was him. And, uh, you know, I didn't, uh, didn't injure him at that point, thank goodness. Yeah. I didn't want to be known as that guy. But, you know, Vin, Vin was old school in many respects, but I think that uh, his style can still work today if, if people that were running broadcasts for baseball teams would realize that fans don't only gravitate to the, to the crazy viral moments. They gravitate to warm, friendly voices that they can count on every summer to right. be there to call the games for their, for their beloved baseball yeah. team. And yeah. that's, that's Vin. And he yeah. would tell great stories. He was great. While he was, I mean, that was the the art too. Is he would tell these great stories, but he would still not get in the way of the game. And that's the mastery of, of yeah. being able to do games right. because you know, and this sounds really stupid, but he knew the ending of the story. So basically, what happens is you can you can bypass the middle parts if you can if you get caught up in a, a double play and the inning comes to an end. You want to finish the story. He can go right to the end of it, and you would think that, that was the story. So without missing anything, but. He worked alone for the last uh, 20, 25 years in the, in the TV booth. So whenever there was something going on in the field that maybe needed somebody to, to bounce things off of, he was the only one up there, and he was very very versed at, uh, at filling the time and still making it very interesting. I thought it was very telling that you know he retires, and then, what was it, a year or two later? Yeah, a year later. The Dodgers now are in the World right. Series. And there's a petition started by Dodgers fans because they wanted him on the call of the World Series instead yeah. of Joe Buck. Right. Uh, and Joe Buck was actually on board. And Fox actually did approach Vin, and he said, nope, I'm, I'm retired. I'm retired. I don't yeah. need to seek the glory. I don't I, need to seek the limelight. I've, had so, enough, I've called so it up with these. Telling. Yeah. That's so telling of the the man's true spirit. Yeah, he was a great his, guy. His true. Uh, he was great with Joe Garagiola. He the, was fantastic uh, with Garagiola. Yeah. He was fantastic with John Don Drysdale. When he passed away, that's right. when Vin decided not to work with anybody again. Yeah. How much? How much is that ball worth that he? Uh, yeah. What did you get for it, it on eBay? You how know, much was that ball worth, that, Andy? That ball, how quick did you get that thing on eBay? <laughs> that after ball he signed will it for not it. be leaving my possession uh, <laughs> as long as I'm around. That's Count the headlights on the highway. 316 Richard Sunday morning WGN post Elton John concert at the Soldier Field. Elton Jim Toronto in with us this morning. But I'm not playing this uh, for you. This is not because of the Elton John. You're not? John. This is not for, for you for the Elton John concert. Oh, well, look at it, you. It ties in with our next guest oh. on the show, who is the vice president of the board of Chicago Dancers. Oh, so she's the tiny dancer. United. Uh, she is a former dancer with Hubbard Street Dance Chicago and the co-founder of River North Dance Chicago, but is now uh, the vice president of uh, the board that's putting on the Dance for Life benefit that uh, will be taking place next Saturday. Uh, Dance for Life is the show that brings together uh, some of the best dance companies in Chicago, all on one stage, all on one night, and uh, all for a great cause. I hosted uh, this dance for life for the first twenty years of its uh, existence. Wow! Uh, it was you know qu- quite quite an event. 
Uh, did you do jazz hands? I never actually. Well, actually, you know what? I did. I did perform in the show. A couple, oh, really? A couple of times as a joke. I mean, my my tendency was <laughs> you're not these. When I say the greatest dance companies in Chicago, to say that I was part of any of that <laughs> is an insult to all the dancers that actually. You're not Fosse esque. Mine was more like if you watch Tim Conway do a dance number on the Carol Burnett show. My my dancing was all purely comedic. You're uh, not Tommy Tune. The years that that I uh, I did all of that, but. Uh, it sounds like it's going to be another great show that they have coming up at the Auditorium Theater. And Julie, thank you for joining us this morning. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me. So, and you... I think I think you did really you did jazz hands very very well. Thank if I you. There you go. Thank you. Host. Yeah. See? Well, you know, maybe one of these years, you know, you want to bring it back again. Uh, you know, and have me uh, re- return to the stage. For I my- could see you doing a Gene Kelly walk, uh, singing in the rain with the umbrella and the puddles. No, <laughs> I'm all I'm all over that. Uh, you are going to yeah. rude the day that you said this. I'm going to make that happen. There you go. You know what? But Jim means he would actually like to see me out in the street in an actual puddle <laughs> during a thunderstorm, if possible, with lightning. Uh, this is the 31st annual Dance for Life that uh, will be taking place next Saturday, uh, 6 p.m. at the Auditorium Theater. And, you, you know, the, the, the tagline of this whole thing for all of these years have been uh, the very best Chicago dance companies all in one place in one night. So you get to see, you know, one, one after another after another. Uh, tell us, uh, Julie, who's going to be performing this year? So this year we have eight works that will be done. We have Chicago Dance Crash. We have Deeply Rooted Dance Theater who've not performed on this stage with us since 2008. We have Ensemble Espanol oh, Spanish wow. Dance Theater. They're amazing. We have Ensemble. Giordano Dance Chicago. Yeah. The Joffrey Ballet, Najwa Dance Corps, and it's their first time, Trinity Irish Dance Company, and then, of course, the incomparable Randy Duncan doing a world premiere finale with a mixture of artists from a multitude of different dance companies yeah. as well as independent artists yeah choreographer randy duncan takes dancers from all of the the different dance companies and puts them together for what is always uh, a, a moving and rousing uh, grand finale uh, to the night but several of these uh dance companies ha- have been performing in every dance for life um, many of them performing multiple times like ensemble espanol uh, that they do uh, or they did uh, a version of Bolero, the song Bolero, uh-huh. in just one of the most moving dance performances that I've ever seen. Uh, then Governor Pat Quinn was standing backstage with me while they were performing Bolero. He was going to be coming on next to uh, you know i don't know to whatever governors do at uh, events like that <laughs> the jitterbug but he yeah he and i did <laughs> he and i did a big swing number <laughs> uh, but uh he he turned to me at one point he said that's the most amazing thing i've ever seen because uh-huh. it is a, a very moving uh, performance that they do and giordano D- uh, dance chicago is amazing Joffrey, you know, do we have to say anything? It's one of the most world-renowned dance companies in the world, uh, you know, that will be uh, performing in Trinity Irish Dance uh, Company. 
uh, is uh, fantastic. So it's uh, it's all a, a fantastic lineup that you've got set. What else is going to be happening that night? Now it's uh, you know it, it's it's the performance itself, but then there are some other things going on as well, right? Right, and I mean I think one of the big things to remember is that this is a fundraiser for the Dancers Fund, which gives two different grants, one a critical need grant and one a health and wellness grant to anyone in the Chicago professional dance industry that's in need of financial relief around medical expenses. So, I mean, to me, this is the, the, the point that I really want to drive home is Chicago has such an incredibly unique dance community. It's one where we all love each other, we support each other. This event is unique to Chicago. It's not done anywhere else in the country, um, and it raises money for an extraordinary cause. So, A, it's great to go see the entertainment value of seeing all of these dance companies in one place, um, but also with the knowledge that you are helping us raise funds so that we can keep our dance community healthy and bringing us joy. Yeah, this whole thing started uh, back during the very worst of the HIV-AIDS crisis yeah. uh, that was hitting the, uh, the the dance community particularly hard. And, you know, dancers don't always have insurance. They're not always, uh, you know, they don't always have full-time employment, either with their dance companies or if they have a day job. So, you know, they're living paycheck to paycheck. And uh, during the worst of the HIV AIDS crisis, when this was a death sentence, it was ravaging the dance community. And that's why this whole thing started in the first place. But as the HIV and AIDS uh, uh, health issue uh, evolved and changed and is now controllable, like like diabetes, uh, basically, uh, so has uh, the uh, dancers uh, fund. And now uh, covers uh, all kinds of health issues uh, for dancers, dancers who are in need of help, who uh, may not have insurance, right, Julie? Correct. Or limited insurance. And you ever think about it, I mean, you know, they get injured just like athletes. They are athletes. So I'm sure there's there's knee problems and ankle problems and, and, arthri- and arthritis and things like that that any athlete would go through dancers you don't think of that but they would they they have those same kind of medical needs right right not to mention cancer heart issues yeah i mean much more uh, you know not that a physical injury is uh, right no but i'm just saying all part of it that that is definitely part of it but often i mean i've heard nightmare stories of dancers that i got to know from hosting this event for 20 years who suddenly were you know suddenly they were diagnosed with cancer or you know something right. like that yeah and uh you know they were debilitated and in the hospital and thank goodness for uh chicago dancers united who came to their aid uh to help them with uh, those kinds of things right and during covid we we recognized the fact that there was a need not just for critical health critical care aid but also that we wanted to ensure health and wellness which is another direction we really want to move forward in and help with um, insurance premium co-pays, mental health visits, um, a myriad dental costs. Um, So not just the critical need, but also just we want to keep our Chicago dancers healthy. And one of the other extraordinary things about Dance for Life is that this is a completely volunteer evening. 
So these dance companies recognize and want to help their fellow dance industry, industry professionals, and they do all of this through volunteerism, which I just think is extraordinary. Yep. Yeah, that's something that always impressed me uh, through all this. It's hard work. I mean, being a dancer is really hard work. Uh, but coordinating an event like this and the actual physical work that goes into coordinating an event, all all these dance companies all in the same place at the same time, and they all have to rehearse, and they all have uh, you know lighting requirements, right, Julie? And, Uh, music issues that uh, there's a lot of plates that are spinning backstage while this show is going on and leg warmers you need leg warmers well i needed that that was mostly for me (laughs) but that's you know the other the other piece of it and you saw this firsthand is that there is such joy and fun and excitement and passion that goes on in this evening and as an audience member it's it is the highlight of the year for me yeah. It, it is so much fun. I hope people go and and have this opportunity to see all of these extraordinary dancers perform. Right. I have a couple of more questions, so hang on a second. I need to yes. take a, a break uh, first, and we'll come back and talk more about Dance for Life, which will be Saturday uh, next Saturday, August the 13th, 6 p.m., Auditorium Theater downtown. Tell you how you can get tickets and how you can... Uh, you know, do uh, all of that. Jim, I would show up for 20 years. I show up, uh, you know, ready to do my big flash dance number. <laughs> right. With the, you had your water ready. I had the, bu- the bucket of water ready. And your, and your folding chair. Every year I'm thinking somebody's going to have, somebody's going to, you know, call out of the show. Last minute, some emergency. I'm going to get my chance. You're ready. To go on stage. What a feeling. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> right. Never happened. Uh. Never happened. Uh, we'll be right <laughs> WGN. Julie Berman Kaplan is on the line with us, who is the vice chair of uh, Dance for Life, the big dance benefit performance that will take place next Saturday, uh, August the 13th, at the Auditorium Theater. Back inside, right, Julie? At yes, the, at the back Auditorium. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, last year it was at the uh, Pritzker Pavilion. Yes, which was a unique, it was a great experience for us to be able to be outside and offer a venue where we could have lots of people come and just drop by free and watch the performance. Um, and we got very lucky with our weather. Right. That's the one, yeah. But it is outside. And, you know, that's, uh, you know, it's, it's weather dependent. For years, we did the show over at the Skyline stage at Navy Pier. Yep which is also outside. And some nights, you know, some nights we did have a couple of performances where it was pouring raining. You know, we it was covered, but still it was pouring raining or super hot and humid. But, you know, boats would be coming by and blowing their horns. And, right. you know, there were a million things going on. Now you are back in a theater that was built for live performance, for, the, for exactly this kind of performance, the auditorium. And uh, I, I can only imagine, uh, you know, the, preparing for all of this, you know, must be uh, extra special in this extremely historic place. It is. We're so happy to be back at the Auditorium Theater. There's, you know, it is such a magnificent space. So a, uh, a texter on the, uh, our line uh, from the 815 area code said, can I bring a nine and six year old to dance for life? Now, just based on my history with the show, it's perfect for nine and six year olds. You know, if you got 
if you have kids who are interested in dance, this is the show to bring them to because they're going to see all different styles of dance. And it's it always has been family friendly. Uh, unless you've taken a, a turn for the blue, Julie, I imagine, <laughs> yes. I imagine that's no. after hours show. <laughs> yeah, that that might be Dan Stevens, by the way. Yeah, which, um, which already took yeah. place, which was amazing, by the way. <laughs> yes, it was phenomenal. Dance for Life is absolutely great for any any age group. Yeah, uh, I mean, my experience with this is. Uh, you know, they'll see ballet, they'll see modern dance, they'll see, uh, you know, kind of hip hop and, uh, uh, you know, a, a much more modern style of dance that, you know, kids are probably more uh, attuned to. The, the Ensemble Espanol digs into the, you know, the culture of uh, Hispanic music and dance. I mean, there there really is something uh, for everyone. And it's been my experience. A lot of people have always brought their kids to dance for life the kids are mesmerized by it they they love yeah, it definitely yeah definitely and it's also um we we are now a no intermission event wow. which i also think is really nice because it's eight performances 90 minutes it moves so quickly it's so high energy it is will get you out of your chair it is so exciting yeah and perfect for kids too so, you know yeah. we have uh you know, sometimes have a limited uh, attention span. And each, and each uh, dance company does their specialty, correct? There's not one overall theme here. Everybody's going to be doing their own thing. Is that the way it works? Correct. Everybody does their own their own piece that they've chosen to submit and that they are performing. And it's incredibly diverse and really exciting and fun. Yep. Couldn't agree more. Now, in addition to the actual performance itself, uh, for which uh, tickets are twenty five to one hundred twenty five dollars for the performance only. Uh, you are have there's an after party that people uh, can also attend, right? Right. There is an after party at venue six ten, and uh, a celebration ticket is five hundred dollars. Um, the proceeds all go to the dancers fund, so all of this will help these dancers in need with um, medical expenses. And the party is ridiculously fun because all of the dancers attend afterwards. And just watching them having fun on the dance floor is worth, worth the price of admission. <laughs> and Ted Grady, who's one of our um, uh, co-chairs this year, uh, has arranged to have, I think, four or five different catering companies in Chicago volunteering their time and so the food will be extraordinary uh a dj dancing yeah food drinks fun yeah and so also you, this phenomenal cause yeah so you can you can buy tickets for the performance and the after party or you can buy uh tickets for just the performance uh, and the uh, performance itself starts at six o'clock is that right yes so you're out of there by seven thirty, seven forty five ish, you know, somewhere uh, in in that neighborhood. It's not a super late night out, uh, and it's incredibly entertaining. Most importantly, it is an incredible uh, ch- event that benefits so many people with the Chicago Dancers United. Uh, it, it's the perfect combination: uh, a great night of entertainment, a great night of uh, helping others. How can people get tickets? Uh, you can get tickets by going to auditoriumtheater.org. 
org. You can also get tickets through the Chicago Dancers United website as well. Okay. Uh, and what do you know that uh, website by chance? It is chicagodancersunited.org. Okay. Super easy to remember. Chicagodancersunited.org or auditoriumtheater.org for Dance for Life, Saturday, August the 13th. Uh, 6 p.m. at the good old Auditorium Theater, uh, 50 East Ida B. Wells Drive. And uh, Julie Berman-Kaplan, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me, and be ready because I want you back with us next year in Tutu and Point Shoot. Okay, my hamstrings are ready uh, at a moment's notice. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) That's what I'm known for. Ready? (laughs) Nice warmed-up hamstrings. Uh, (laughs) 11.09, Dean Richards, Sunday morning. I love this song. For Schwanny, because I feel like I'm You're neglecting him today. Always window shopping, but <laughs> never stopping to buy. Whoa! So shed those downy feathers and fly a, a little bit. Dorks. <laughs> we are just finally a bunch played of dorks. a song I know. <laughs> uh, for a sad reason, though, the lead singer of the group called the Seekers. Who had who did this song, Georgie Girl, and uh, many many other hits? Uh, Judith Durham uh, passed away. Uh, she was uh, a huge, huge, big deal in her native Australia. She is legendary uh, in Australian music and sang leads on uh, Georgie Girl and songs like uh, "I Know I'll Never Find Another You." Mm. That's another fantastic song by the Seekers. But uh, songs like The Carnival is Over, A World of Our Own. Do you remember those songs? I don't remember. Another You. I remember Another You, yeah. I remember I know I'll never find Another You, but maybe those other songs were big hits in uh, Australia, uh, perhaps, or the UK. Uh, But I only remember those two. But uh, she had an amazing voice. She uh, left the group to go out solo because they were so tremendously popular. That's why they started then. Do you remember the, the group that came along next called the, the New Seekers? The New Seekers, right. The new right. Seekers, I like to yeah. teach right. the world to sing. Yeah. Uh, uh, so that was without Judith Durham, and she was doing a solo career, but later uh, came back, reunited with her original bandmates, and they continued to perform until about 2019. Uh, so, and her voice, even in the much later concerts, was like an angel. She still huh? so beautiful. Wow. Uh, she was 79 years old. So just a, such as even a Georgia girl, such a distinct voice. You, you know, it, it's got a, that deep kind of rich tone. It's it's a it's a very you can almost think of, it almost sounds like a guy at times. Well, it's there. It's, uh, you know, very, uh, I don't know, like dimension filled. Yeah. It, it's not just like a, a a person singing notes i mean there is a depth and a quality yeah. uh, that adds extra meaning and interpretation i think uh to the song boy do i ever sound like a critic now listen to you talking about the, is, it, is it a complex voice talking about the depth and dimension how many layers blah 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 how many octaves did she sing Dean? <laughs> <laughs> About it, Chwani. This is when a song was a song, my friend. There's a new world somewhere. 
such a nice, clean sound, too, right? It's kind of like folk rock. Oh, definitely, yeah. If I would shut up, then you could hear it. <laughs> Maybe if I should stop talking, then you could actually hear the song. For I know I'll never find another you. She does a solo here, right? There is always someone for each of us, they say. And you'll be by someone. Isn't that beautiful? It's a beautiful, beautiful voice. Do you have the 45 on this show? Oh, yeah, no, I don't have it. I think I may have um, Georgie Girl. Though. I have Georgie Girl. It has the green and yellow uh, yeah. label. I mean the red and, no, orange and yellow. I'm sorry. Yeah. Orange and yellow label. I think that was Capitol Records at yeah. that time. By the way, the nerd fan club is going to be getting together. <laughs> orange and yellow was the little spiral thing. Yeah, that yeah. was Capitol. Capitol, right. Yeah. That's what I said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the uh, I think the uh, catalog number was 7520. Oh, yeah, no, was... you, you forgot the hyphen. Oh, that's 7520 right. Oh, that's right. Af- that's right, because after 1966, they put the hyphens in. Yeah, Andy, will right. you hit me on the hammer? No, with actually, the hammer? it was the spring of 1969 when they put the hyphens in. Andy, if you have a yeah. sludgehammer, could you just hit me and on the head with the parentheses? I'm they, waiting and, for Lady and, Gaga to do a remake of those, by the way. <laughs> was that before or after they used the capital letters as opposed to the lowercase? Okay, look, so, Dean, well, how you doing today? So we're out of time. Uh, <laughs> is it 1 o'clock already? Where did the time go on today's show? It's 1 o'clock somewhere. <laughs> Here, I know how to get them out of this. Hey, Jim, I hear you're going to be doing another play. <laughs> oh, I love to talk about that. <laughs> you are? Yes, I'm going to actually be doing uh, some Shakespeare. Shakespeare. Yes, wow. Look at me. Look at you doing yeah, Shakespeare. Yeah, I'm going to be doing The Tempest for the Green Man Theater Troupe in uh, Elmhurst. From... Which, by the way, was my first car. <laughs> you had a Tempest? I had a Pontiac Tempest. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, Lonnie, so, you remember the Pontiac Tempest? I sure do. Yeah, I, I remember. remember yours with the CB uh, radio <laughs> antenna on yeah. the back there. That's Did you right. have a CB? I had a CB in the car. Why? So I could talk to my friend who was driving in the car <laughs> next was, to me. What was your handle? your handle. What was your Tell handle? Your handle. Uh, breaker one nine. This no, is, no, 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 no. Wait, your... hold on. I'm getting to it. Uh, breaker, breaker one nine. This is the Golden Creek. Oh, Come on. The Golden Creek. <laughs> That's the Golden Creek. Come on. What's your handle? Come on. What's your 20? Come on. What's your 20? I'm in the car right next to you, idiot. <laughs> I'm on Crawford. I would be in my Pontiac Tempest at, oh, and my friend Charlie. No. What was his handle? He was uh he was the Alaskan. Oh, very ethnic. I don't know why he was the Alaskan. <laughs> the golden Greek he and, the, and the Alaskan. Nothing Alaskan about him. I don't know why he had chose that. But he was he would drive around in his dad's car cuz he didn't have a car. Uh and we would <laughs> Right. Like two idiots. We would drive <laughs> and talk to each other. Literally, we were next to each other driving down some street talking to each other on our CB radios. Oh my god. Did you have a did you have a CB uh Shwani? No, I didn't, but my friend did in uh, his car and not only did he have a CB in the uh, car, he also had a speaker that was mounted underneath the hood. It was a VW. Oh. And I remember, you know, he would 
turn a switch. It was, you know, a classic toggle switch uh, there to switch from the CB to was the Was that the uh, A3740 uh, toggle switch? It was the A3740C-5. Yeah, <laughs> yeah okay. but that was uh, realistic, right, from uh, from Radio Shack? Yeah, I believe it. No, it was Allied Radio at the oh, time. Oh, Allied, okay. It was Allied Radio at the time. And <laughs> yeah. I remember in the wintertime we were driving and someone was shoveling their driveway and he drove by and turned on the speaker and said, this is the way we shovel the snow, shovel the snow, <laughs> shovel the snow. And you wow. should have seen the look on that person's face. Wow. So now this is way past, uh, and- Andy, you have no idea what a CB radio is. Oh, yes, I yes, do. Oh, do you? Oh, yeah, my dad was big in a CB Really? Radio. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because oh, yeah. I figured you're younger. You would the yeah. CB craze was more in the in the mid seventies with CW McCall, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> First forty five I ever bought, right there. Got us a con. A mile out of shake. Uh, you know, Chi Town is mentioned. Chicago is mentioned in this. All over the pass. Bulldog Mac with a can on back and a Jaguar hauling ass. Yeah. This is a remix version. Yeah, what is this? This must be the uh, FM version yeah, where they can is, use yeah. language like that. That's not the we real We are a mile out of shaky town. That's not the pig real pen, this here's a rubber duck, and yeah. I'm about to put the hammer down. Now, wait a minute. So you were also a CB uh, radio operator? Yeah, I had, well, I didn't have one in my car because I didn't have a car. I was too young, but uh, my friend had one, and so we used to go to his house. A, ba- a base unit? A base. <laughs> oh, yeah. Listen to you. <laughs> You're a bigger nerd we, than I thought. We were heavily into it. A base unit. Charlie and I were heavily into this. <laughs> Make sure you got your ears on. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And what cracks me up now, I mean, it's it's not unlike people on cell phones now. Right, exactly. Where you're like right next to the person and you could easily talk to them without a yeah. device. Charlie lived right across the street from me. <laughs> Yet we would talk. Oh, yeah. Either before we had the CB radios, we had like Woolworths walkie talkies. Like talkies, the walkie talkies, right. And we would talk to each other after spending, we just got done <laughs> spending all day with each other outside playing. Now, and, what are you doing? And now, so what, are, what are you doing? I just brushed my teeth. Uh, breaker one night. Breaker one night. Yeah. Yeah, my handle was Rocket Man. Of course it was. <laughs> Why does that not surprise me? Of course it was. Yeah. Well, because that was right in the mid. I mean, like I said, that was like, I think uh, Convoy came out in what, 74, 75? 75. Like yeah. yeah. So that was right in the in the height of Elton's popularity initially. So, But yeah, I mean, we used to, t- and the funny thing, scary thing was that we would get through to, to truck drivers, oh, like yeah. from his house. Right. And, you know. It was so weird to be talking to someone like, you know, an adult. We were right. like little kids. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing dangerous about that. At no, all. not at all. Like, yeah. <laughs> where, where do you live, kid? <laughs> you know, there's a truck stop over by the, the uh, O'Hare Oasis. Well, this just gets more and more safe. <laughs> now, Elton, do you remember what label the C.W. McCall record Uh-oh, was on? on. <laughs> Andy, do you still have that sledgehammer? Uh, no, but I'm going to go get one. Wasn't it MGM? It was MGM. Thank you. And we Thank had you. we had the we had the <laughs> promotional label which was just it had the MGM insignia but it was just black and white no the, the blue light the blue and the, gold with the with, with, with the, the lion. lion right yes right but the promotional copy for radio stations only was a black and white label uh, come on Dean you have to be impressed that I nailed the MGM C W McCall so when is this uh, Shakespeare play. <laughs> <laughs> And will it be done via CB? You know, nobody's ever done that before. A play on on CB radio. This way everybody could see it. Or hear it. Breaker 190. Wherefore art thou? Yeah. Breaker, breaker. It's like one big FaceTime call. I'm on the island. (laughs) 
<laughs> really, all these things are precursors to how we how we now live with our we've always smartphones. we've always been communicating. Yeah. It's just different formats. Yeah. No question. About My numbskull friend Charlie and I, <laughs> we were the original distracted drivers. There you go. Right. <laughs> Well, wasn't the whole idea of the CB was be so that truckers could, like, talk to each other? Was it just they can talk or that they they could, like the song was saying, like, give them they hints tell, on, like, there's cops tell, coming? Or, you mean Smokey? Yeah, Smokey. Smokey. <laughs> yeah, there's a Smokey up there's ahead. Smokey. <laughs> Because that was what? Because that was a, a state trooper? Oh, Is we, that, was that the Smokey? Because they wore the hat? They wore the Smokey the Bear hat. Right, okay. Yep. Gosh, we are dorks. <laughs> <laughs> Back then. But I think the like the serious intention was for the truckers to not only identify where police were in potential speed traps, but in case they got into you know trouble problems, emergencies, how are you gonna call somebody and say my truck broke down? Yeah, there was no cell phones. Yeah. There yeah. there was nothing like that then. So they yeah. needed a way to communicate with each other. So they must have loved that prepubescent uh, young boys <laughs> were <laughs> were like jumping on the radio. And didn't you have to, like, so you, you went on a certain channel. Yeah. And then you did have to say breaker, breaker, right? Is that what got you in? Like, what was the, the salutation? Yeah. Well, I mean, breaker, breaker is when you wanted to enter a conversation. Right. Yeah, that's what I mean. So you would go to a channel, you go breaker, breaker. And I breaker. seem to remember that there was, like, one channel just for emergency. Like, yeah, it was serious. channel nine. You couldn't goof around. It was on, emergency. On one line. channel, it was just for Channel 9, is that yep, what? Channel That's nine. what it was. Bum, yeah. da, 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 da. Channel 9 still having an impact on my life. <laughs> there you go. After all these years. But did you ever talk to other people or just your, oh, of course. your, your goofy friend? Mostly it was my goofy friends. <laughs> but yeah, no, we talked yeah. with... Uh, go, we, yeah. we became like, like kind of friends with... Uh, you know, truckers who are coming. I bet you did. This sounds so no, wait, uh, so unsafe Dean. and weird. Oh my god! Yeah, I mean, we never met up with them or anything. We, but we need the hot dog stand. Like, yeah, let me go talk to a complete stranger. Think about that. Who's in and out of the area, right? In an eighteen wheeler. Oof. That's a, it's a, you know I, I don't know why it. I guess it was a different time. It was a more, it was a it was a more innocent time. I guess it was a different time when uh, my goofy friend uh, Charlie and I. <laughs> Poor Charlie is Charlie still around? Yeah, is he hearing this? Uh, maybe. <laughs> Poor Charlie. He knows he's goofy. <laughs> okay, I'm not telling him anything he doesn't. The know. Alaskan. Yeah, he was friends with me all these years. <laughs> he's, you know, he can't be that much straight and narrow. <laughs> but uh, we would go camping in uh, Michigan. His dad had a cottage in the upper peninsula of Michigan. And we would go up there for weeks at a time in the summertime. Did you bring your base model? Of no? course. With our, We brought the base you model. You brought your base model? We brought the base model, but in my uh, 68 Pontiac Tempest, <laughs> I had my mobile <laughs> CB radio. Oh, so we could uh, we could yeah. t- talk you know to each other. Hey, remember those were huge antennas, huge an- whips. on the cars. Yeah. yeah, those were huge. Yeah, we antennas. had the huge antennas, but we got to know other people up in uh, in Upper Michigan who were that was kind of like their hobby. They're, well, you, you had know, that radio station in your basement. Yep, and then you just moved it into your car. Yep, that's right. <laughs> That's and right. now look at you. And look at me. <laughs> and look at me now. Still talking on a you know, on the CB, <laughs> basically. 
I still say we should do the show from our respective cars on CBs at some time. I love the idea of doing a play on CB radio. That would be a really cool idea. We're onto something here. Yeah, yeah, that would be a really cool idea. I guess that's pretty much what they did during the pandemic, though, right? Yeah, so like a Zoom when they would Zoom do plays. performances on yeah. Zoom. Same, yeah. same kind of deal. So, really, seriously, what is it? What's the deal? Yeah, so the te- this, it's uh, the Tempest. Uh, I'm playing the lead in uh, Prospero, one of, one of Shakespeare's great leads. I get to say the, the classic line. We are made of such stuff as dreams are made on. Oh, wow. Yeah, I get to say that. So that's cool. So yeah, there'll be uh, September 16th through um, October 2nd, three weekends. And where will uh, that be? That will be in Elmhurst. Uh, I, I don't know the ex- – I, I wish I, I, did, I didn't have the, the, all the information, but it's, uh, it's at a, a theater at, uh, in, a, in a church uh, in Elmhurst, a, a Methodist oh, you church. You are quite the PR machine. On York's. Well, you didn't tell me you were going to ask me about that. <laughs> But it's on York 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 Avenue, you know, York Street, York <laughs> Avenue on in Elmhurst near downtown. But if I come on before next time I will have more yeah. information. But go to Greenman yep. dot org and you'll find some you get all the information. Yeah, but I'm looking forward to it. I've been in one uh, Shakespeare You're Mr. Play. Theater lately. Well, radio hasn't panned out, <laughs> so I've got to keep myself busy. <laughs> all my emails are never returned except for you so uh i have to do something <laughs> uh andy several people on our text line are saying that the emergency channel on cb was channel 19 oh. thus the term breaker one nine breaker i'm gonna look that up <laughs> andy is not buying I'm not that breaker andy mazer throwdown because isn't that in the song breaker one breaker one breaker one nine breaker one nine yeah, yeah. Yeah. What do I know? Oh, nine. here's somebody saying... Channel 9. I'm looking it up right now. It says Channel 9. It says oh. Channel 9. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Don't test Andy on CB knowledge. Please. 630 area code says, I drove a semi for 50, 50 wow, years. Wow, 50. And we enjoyed talking to people on the CB radio. Yeah. Uh, they kept us, uh, kept us awake at night. Plus, people got enjoyment out of talking to the truckers. Uh, truck drivers back then yeah, like where they're at yeah yeah we also talked to each other on cb radio to keep us awake at night so now is that gone and people are just using their cell phones i mean is the cb thing i wonder if, if truck drivers even use the cb yeah, anymore i wonder i have no idea yeah i have no idea i think didn't cw mccall recently pass away he did he yeah. just died by the way the serial number is m14839 <laughs> on which one on the convoy on cw oh, very McCall. good on mgm yeah yeah I can still picture it. I mentioned before that uh, in our elevator here in this building, 303 East Wacker, they have like a little TV monitor with flashing... Uh, inf- uh, flashing, uh, you know, bits of information while you take your luxurious tour uh, from the ground floor here up to floor eighteen, and usually you get two or three messages. I always learn something fascinating. What did you learn today in, in the elevator? I'm going to take a break, and when we come back from all of that, I will tell you. Uh, and this is, by the way, if you're listening right now, this is the beginning of the new feature. What Dean learned in the elevator today. It's going to be a new weekly feature. Rolls right off the lips on the show. <laughs> Uh, it's all coming right up. My, my Pops are out back from vacation tomorrow morning, by the way. And of course, I will be joining him for my uh, regular segment between 8 and 8.30. Talking entertainment with Bob Surratt. 
Tomorrow morning on WGN. Will you be reviewing the new Elton John yes, and musical, The I, Devil Wears Prada, which I, is having its official press opening? I saw it opening opening night in July. Right. But uh, tonight is the official opening. Well, when, when they do these pre Broadway openings, these world premiere openings here in Chicago before they go to New York, uh, they don't let the press in. <laughs> I mean, I, I could have, you know, I could have snuck in, I guess. Right. I, I could have bought, bought a ticket. I could have bought a ticket. Right. But, <laughs> but, but, but we're, we're talking about Dean Richards here. Buying a ticket. <laughs> when was the last time you bought a ticket? Uh, so, Dean, how much haven't you paid for tickets over the years? <laughs> <laughs> I've got the full, I've got the fiduciary rundown. I'd be happy to show you anytime. Um, yeah, so they, uh, well, I actually did that, you know, when uh, Mel Brooks had the producers here. I couldn't wait until... <laughs> For, to let the the, right. the press in, right? So I did go buy a ticket. Good for you. And they saw me in the audience, <gasps> oh. and they came and they asked me, "Would you please?" Oh, like to embargo, then not to. It's talk like about we it. don't want. We, well, they wanted me to leave. <gasps> they wanted you to leave, they not just that, not talk about we'll, it. We'll refund the price of the ticket. I oh said, my! I want to see it. I want to see what stage of progress it's in. Wow! Because while they're doing these pre-Broadway runs here. They're tweaking every single day. Every day. Every definitely. day they're making like The show that I saw on July 19th, you probably will not see. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to be different. Huh? Yeah. And they, they want to wait before they invite the press in to see it to, to you know, where they're fairly certain that this is how it's going to be. Although, I've seen shows here in Chicago and then gone to see them in New York, and they're still completely different. They still make a lot of changes I saw when, once it goes to New York. They did Aida, Elton's other musical. They did the run here. Bob Falls uh, from The Goodman was uh, directing it, and they had to revamp the whole show from when it first had an initial run in Atlanta, and it was uh, really in, in bad shape, and so they, they hired Bob Falls to redo it. I saw that show four times over a month and a half, and I never saw the same show, no. and I saw it at different times. And then I, I saw the last one they did here, and to your point, I saw it on Broadway then, a month or two months later, and it was different then. Still different. They do it was that all the time. unbelievable. Yeah. They, they do different that Different songs, time. new songs, yeah. taking songs out, moving songs from the beginning to the end. That's, I mean, why, yeah. that's why they wait to, to before they invite the press in. But they are inviting us in tonight uh, to see the show. And uh, I will be reviewing it both on Bob's show, Bob Surratt's show tomorrow morning, and also on... Uh, WGN TV morning news tonight. Now, see, I thought because Elton John was just here the other day, yeah, that you know he's in Chicago. He loves Chicago. Chicago is a very meaningful place to him. This is where he did his rehab. Yeah, famously. I mean, he's he's talked about that many times. Yeah, Lutheran uh, general that he would uh, be spending some time uh, here and and stay for the opening of Devil Wears Prada. But you revealed uh, to me earlier that he's not even in the country. No. He fact, left already. Yeah, he got to Chicago. There were there were open dates around his uh, his Friday show. So I assumed that he would be at the theater every day, to be honest with you. Uh, when I went on July 19th, his husband, who was a co-producer of the play, was there on that opening night. Um, and I think he's he's been to a few different shows as well. But uh, so, so Elton was here on Tuesday. He went to see uh, uh, Prada on Wednesday. Uh, he didn't go Thursday. Performed on Friday. And my sources tell me that about a half hour after the show was done or so, he flew from Midway on his plane from Midway and was going to fly all night to Nice. Hmm. <laughs> so he was already... 
on on his way out, airborne on airborne his way while to some Paris. people were still on Lakeshore. I was Drive still in the parking to, lot. Right, I was literally still in the parking lot. Yep. And uh, but he did say from the 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 uh, product castmates were at the show, and he met with them before. There's some pictures of of them uh, meeting. But uh, he did say from the stage, he dedicated a song to them, and he said, uh, uh, "Good luck on Sunday. I will be with you in spirit." So that's how I knew yeah, that he was so not going to so be. So he's at the not going to be at the opening. Uh, As opposed to the time when Billy Elliot came to Chicago, if you remember that a few years yeah. ago, and uh, I interviewed him in front of the well, yeah. But the best part was, so I was going to that show, and uh, Dean was right up by the curb because Elton's, uh, you know, SUV was going to come up, and you were right there to get a little quick thing with him right and so you told me come up here with me stand with me if you remember so i standing next to you and then the suv stopped and the door opened right in front of us and elton walked out and he just saw me and his face went yeah <laughs> like what are you doing here security <laughs> you again <laughs> can't get rid of this guy <laughs> i thanked you for that because you put me right in the front you were right in his face <laughs> so the door i mean the door, it was as if you couldn't have planned the driver stopping any more perfect right. the door opened in there <laughs> right 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 and he was like yeah well i will uh i'll be re- i'll be reviewing the devil wears prada musical uh tomorrow morning on radio and tv so you know be watching for all of that i i am very interested to see your view on it yeah. I, I can't wait to hear that i'm uh you know a fan of the the movie uh so you know i i hope uh that i'm gonna also enjoy this thing uh, tonight but uh, so here, I, you know, I, I, you know me. I love learning new things. Well, that, you're a sponge. I'm a sponge. <laughs> I'm a sponge. You're a sponge. I am a sponge. <laughs> uh, and I, uh, that's why I enjoy so much the elevator ride from the ground floor up to the 18th floor here at 303 East Wacker Drive. We didn't have that over at that dump Tribune Tower. <laughs> Again with the you didn't learn you never learned anything over uh you know uh, uh, how ironic is that a place that's d- delivering a newspaper every day and there's no you never yeah, learned one thing no, in the elevator no. though the whole time here in this building you always learn little new facts and figures on the television screen which is in the elevator and what i learned today is that the earth is spinning uh unusually fast the earth is spinning faster than it ever has what? before is that possible yes it is happening uh, wait we need to get shouldn't buildings be crumbling shouldn't shouldn't oceans be overflowing well it's it's <laughs> only mean, it, well here in in sounds a crazy in a 24-hour Where's period Shwani? get Shwani in, in a 24-hour period the earth spins eighty six thousand four hundred seconds that's what 24 hours is. Is that what it is? 86,000. They couldn't just say 24 hours. 400 <laughs> seconds. But until uh, but the Earth has slowed down at one point, but uh, now, uh, since uh, the year 2020, they have found that instead of the Earth slowing down as it has occasionally, the Earth is now spinning faster. It's because of COVID. <laughs> than any time uh it's now spinning faster than at any time in the last 50 years i thought that i thought if it's not a perfectly thing that everything goes nuts that all our weather is off well and... that's what don't you think some of the weather is off a little bit oh so you're think oh so you're saying that because we're going faster well, that's that's the the, the client the ele- i got to my floor before i <laughs> Couldn't get the last paragraph. I had to step off the elevator. I wish we were on 25. Go up to the 30th floor, which I did not want to do. Maybe on the way down. 
but it's uh, the earth i mean it, it's only going uh like in a year one second faster but uh the you know the people who are in charge of these kinds of things they're concerned that it, that the earth is indeed spinning faster now, can we verify than it, as it have before this information from the elevator i mean do we know where the ele- what I mean, more of a source this, do you want what is, more of a reliable is, source is do you want elevator than, information ele- trustworthy <laughs> i mean I, I don't know how you could even question that. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, I'll tell you. I mean, that I, I thought. I thought if anything, I didn't know that there was a little leeway for the Earth's revolu- revela- revol- revolutions. Yeah, revolutions. Yeah, yep. not revelations. That it, this is a revelation, but uh, I didn't. I thought even the slightest thing would cause apocalypse and catastrophe well apparently not here's the thing i mean the elevator all i learned was that the earth was spinning faster than it ever has before that's that's all that i learned there so then i came in and looked it up up. i looked it up and i learned more and there are many many articles on this so the elevator was 100 percent true so so it it, so in other words that might be climate change so well it, it it says that the earth's spinning faster right now may have no effect on our daily lives but could have serious implications for GPS satellites, <gasps> smartphones, computers, and communication networks, all which rely on extremely accurate timing systems. That's why they all of those things that we now depend, you know, are so much a part of our lives. Like we can't live without all of these things. That's why I took a turn and almost into a into a dead end coming out of Soldier Field. My GPS was all off the other night. <laughs> because the earth is spinning so fast. Shwani, did you hear this? I've been listening, yeah. Does this make sense to you? Wouldn't, don't yes. you think that... Th- shouldn't tides be... What is he, the science editor well, on the show all of well, a sudden? he's the news guy. I trust him more than some paragraph in an elevator well, did you also know <laughs> did you also know that the moon is slowly moving away from the earth and See, that will the, definitely affect yeah, you learned that in, did you learn that in the elevator no i learned it I don't know. From now on, I'm not going to believe anything unless I see it in see the it elevator. See it on the elevator. I think that, that I mean, buildings should be crashing. <laughs> the, the, the Ferris wheel out there at Navy Pier should be spinning off of its... I mean, this. I thought as soon as the, the Earth moves off of its axis, everything goes crazy. No, he didn't say it moved off of its axis. He no. said it was spinning at it's a different rate. It's spinning slightly, like in a year's time, it's only spinning like 1.7 percent faster yeah. it's it just this it's a small amount but it's an amount which cumulatively right. could have an effect on our lives i mean look at your behavior there's there's there's, there's got to be some explanation for that 11 50 is the time and this is dean richard sunday morning on wgn Elton Jim Toronto is here. Because, Hi-ho, Dean Arino. Because the uh, big Elton John concert uh, was the other night. we got a, like a special insider's uh, point of view of somebody who's seen the show 208 times. Well, not that show. We've seen Elton John 208 Yeah, but not this farewell tour. No. I mean, it's not always the same show. No. Many of the same songs. <laughs> Say probably 90%. Probably played your song every one of those yeah. times. Goodbye, Yellow Brick Road. Yeah. Not all the time. Is there any Elton John song that you're sick of hearing? Daniel. 
Really? I love the recorded version. Yeah. But when he does it in concert, I just like, oh, can we move on? <laughs> yeah. And I love the recorded version, but for, for some reason in concert, when he does it, I like it, but I'm always like, okay, next. Yeah. So since you're close personal friends with him, and if he asks you, <laughs> how can I make my concert better, would you tell him, drop Daniel? He I did drop I Daniel. I don't like it. In fact, on this tour at the beginning, before COVID, Daniel was in the set list, and now it isn't. Oh. So maybe wow. he heard. <laughs> okay. I have to say, though, he still... Uh, you were asking me off the air what were some of the best songs. I have to say, uh, man, I'll tell you, for 75 years old, uh, they, they play this song, Leave On, which is, which is not a very well-known song. It's from his Mad Men Across the Water album. But it's, it's, it's played on FM radio a lot. But they do an extended jam, the whole band. And I'll tell you, I mean, everybody on stage is over 70 years old. And in some cases, his percussion player, Ray Cooper, is 83. Wow. Yeah. And they... It's in it's 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 a good old throwback to the seventies of a jam. You know, right. you don't really see that much anymore. Yeah. Where the band is jamming and then everybody gets their moment and Davy Johnstone, the guitarist, does does his his uh, guitar so and Elton does his and, and the drum and everybody gets their shot and then they're all doing it together and it's a good seven to eight the song itself is about four minutes and then this jam is about a good seven or eight minutes of just pure instrumental. Yeah. And you don't really see that kind of uh, That's what you go to a concert concert for yeah i mean when you go to a concert at least i don't want to hear a version like the perfect the recorded version right i want to hear them go nuts yeah i want to hear the musicians having fun with each other and surprising each other oh, oh you and you and you see and, you that know, doing yeah you, yeah you can tell by the looks on their face yeah. when somebody does something unexpected right and that like sparks the other musician, and that sparks somebody. And else. they're smiling at each other. Like, did you see that? Yeah, they right. do that in Rocket Man too. I they, love that. They I, have a little jam, not I as as extended, but there's some times in that where you could. And I've seen this enough where uh, Elton will just do a little thing differently, and he'll play a little like he'll da 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 da, and then the guitar player will will do the same on his guitar. Yeah, and they'll go back and forth and kind right. of smile at each yeah, other. That's the best. Yeah, that's and, the best. Uh, I've been hearing so many uh, great reviews of the show. And that's not always the case in a big venue like Soldier Field, uh, you know, because it's so large. But uh, they managed to uh, pull it off. Uh, our ne- the next guest uh, that we have on the show has also been playing, not like Soldier Field size arenas, but he's been playing massive arenas around the country. I'm talking about comedian Joe Coy, who not long ago was doing the improv in Schaumburg and Zanies and all the small comedy clubs. And uh, he just has taken off like a wildfire in his career. Was dating Chelsea uh, Chelsea Handler for quite a while. They just recently uh, split up. But he's one of the hottest comedians in the country right now. He has a new feature film that's out this week called Easter Sunday that I wish I would have liked a little better because I really like Joe's comedy. I, th- I think he's so funny. And personally, I like him very, very much. He used to come on our show all the time on the TV morning news. Uh, and it just, you know, it, it, it reminded me of uh, when Chris Rock uh, did a movie. Chris Rock is not a good movie actor. No. He's a fantastic stand-up He's comedian. tried so many times, And that's, that's how I felt when I saw Joe's movie, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry to say. But uh, I, I still like the guy uh, so much, and uh, it was great to catch up with him. I haven't, uh, we haven't talked with each other during the whole pandemic, almost three years. Uh, so it was great when we were able to catch up on a Zoom. Hello hey, there, my what friend. up, Dean? 
How you doing, man? Oh my God! Long I, time no see. I was trying to remember the last time that you were here on the show. It was before you became a big famous movie star. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> thanks, thanks to you, Dean. How are you, man? Oh, I'm good. I love it. When, I love talking. This is so cool to see you. I seriously is. I, I haven't seen you in so long. It has been a long time because of, you know, the pandemic and, yep. you know, a million different reasons. But uh, I couldn't be happier for you for, uh, you know, just everything uh, going on. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So um, when, when you think back, I mean, you were here in Chicago all the time. You were here on our show all the time. Yeah. Well, like, what are your Chicago memories? Do you have? Like my, my, my biggest memory was doing your show and then uh, leaving and having to go through downtown. And, and I, I remember I was plugging, I remember I was on your show and I was plugging uh, uh, the improv in Schaumburg. And right. I remember leaving your show and going downtown to get breakfast and we drove past uh, the Chicago theater. And I literally told them to stop the car and I walked underneath the marquee and I made a video s pretending that I was going to be at the Chicago theater. I was like, you guys catch me at the Chicago theater. And I, and I did this whole thing as if I was going to play the Chicago theater. Wow. And it was, I, it was all make-believe. I, I wasn't scheduled to play it or nothing. It was just, it's the most iconic theater. It's so beautiful. And I was just like, I got to be there someday. So fast forward to me selling it out like four times. Yeah, it's amazing. And, and playing like huge uh, arenas and things uh, now. R yeah, that's, that's what I mean. It's like how much everything has changed for the good yeah. uh, for you. What I was curious about when I watched the, the movie yes, was sir. how different it is, how different it is acting out your comedy as opposed to just being on stage in your comfort zone. It was, uh, you know, talking about it. Was it was it weird at first? It was so weird, Dean, like seeing certain scenes play out in front of me by actresses it was like like seeing my aunt and my mom go at it live and it literally was like i can't even explain it there was there was one scene at the balak Mayan box where they get into a fight and i cried at the end like i was like i tear i started tearing up because it would it just brought me back to my childhood and and just seeing it was like okay i've seen that before and it just, it was weird. It was really weird to see that get played out live in front of me. I wonder how, uh, how in on the casting your family was, because you talk about your son all the time. You talk about your mom. You talk about your family. And now you've got other people playing all these characters. Yeah. Did, did they say, you know, uh, you know, did your mom comment on who played her and who played your son, et cetera? That's I, I remember. Uh, no, they didn't. But you know what's crazy, Dean, is Steven Spielberg did. How cool is that? Steven had his hands on on the casting, and then uh, and then of course I had my hands on the casting. But the most important part about my mom's character is I told Lydia, who destroyed that that movie. She was so good, the uh, lady that played my mom. And I just told her, I go, the importance of my mom's character. It's like my fans are in love with my mom's character. And we have to do the best version of that. And, and I feel Lydia knocked it out of the park, Dean. Talk, talk to me uh, a little bit about, uh, you know, all these new plateaus. I mean, you're at such a different level professionally now. Uh, which I guess is why you haven't come on our show. Uh, Stop it, time. Dean. It was, a, it was COVID, Dean. <laughs> Joe. Uh, a, a, a true friend would have found a way to come here. 
masked up in a beekeeper suit or something. Yes. But I mean, truly, you have hit new professional uh, plateaus. I mean, y- even your personal life is on front pages now. What What's that like for you? Is it like a truly life in the fast lane kind of thing for you now? It's, it, you know, it's. You know, like, yeah, everywhere I walk, you know, people are saying something or at least notice me. And then I also have to, like, I, here's a perfect example. I went to go to this place where they sell these amazing deep-fried burritos. And I'm just thinking it's going to be nobody's there. It's with my family. I'm ordering. And then next thing you know, a group of people, like two different cars come up with Joe Coy merchandise on. And I'm like, okay, is this ironic? Like, how did you know? Come to find out the employee that was making my food called their family and the other wow. employee called their family. And I'm just like, it's now it's at that point where I, I got to be careful what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't know who knows me. Uh, I don't know. So, yeah, it, it, it's weird now. It's like even when I don't think I'm being noticed, I'm being noticed. Yeah. Couldn't happen to a better guy. I'm telling you, uh, that's like truly one of the nicest guys and ah. funniest. And, uh, I couldn't be happier for all of your, uh, success, Joe. Congratulations on everything. We, we love you and we miss you. I love you, Dean. Dean, can I call you or can we continue this conversation? I'll uh, call you personally if you don't mind. I'd yeah. love to like, I haven't talked to you in so long, Dean. I would love it. All this rain that you're talking about that we're going to have today. Going to dampen your dampen your plans for today. Well, Shwani, you're I can't control. You're like you're ready for a, a <laughs> summer picnic. <laughs> I know he's decked out. Like he should have watermelon in his hand right now. I actually, I have watermelon <laughs> in the refrigerator. Oh, there you go. See? I actually do. Yes. <laughs> so that was a stain on your shirt. Is there anything better than a nice cold piece of watermelon on a hot day? Very Especially this things. week, like yesterday. Yeah. Oh man, that is uh, that's that's a, a delicious summer treat. And what is it? And what is it? You know, it's so there's it's just like water and whatever that it's the sugar in the in the fruit itself and that coldness and the the, um, liquid in it, the the moisture. I was I was surprised to learn it has a high level of potassium. Yes, who would have thought that watermelon is anything more than water? And yet it has a high rate of potassium. It's good for you. Yeah. Well, if you, unless you can't have high potassium food. <laughs> unless you're not near a, a restroom somewhere. Because <laughs> there is also that effect that, that uh, takes place. No, but do the, you like the red? I see. I like my, my wife likes the real, like, very ripe red. Me too. Yes. Really? Why? Like why? Where, oh, it's, yeah. where it's soft? Yeah. No, not when no, it's no, soft. No, no, not when it's soft. But the darker the color, the, the more the red color, it is. The sweeter it is. The sweeter I like it's it, going to be. I like yeah. my watermelon hard. <laughs> All right, I've got to go prepare my. Uh, no, you know, so like, no, no, like, no, like, it's a little white. Like, you know, like, like, like when you see it's a little white. No, I don't. No, I don't like that. It's not sweet enough. Though. No, I like it's it. not ripe yet. I like it to crunch. The red crunches. Yes, yeah. it does. Really? Yeah. yeah. Shwani, you know what else I love? A good, uh, a nice uh, a peach in the summertime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my wife like. I'm yep, a I love peach. a nice peach Peaches, or, or nectarine. Plums. Do you like plums? Love plums. Mm-hmm. I love grapes. I love this all the summertime stone fruits. Did you have the Rainier? Did you have the Rainier cherries this I did. year? I did. I picked. Oh. Up. I had a huge bag of it. I love and, the Rainier. You know, I love. Uh, I just bought this new contraption. I was talking about on the air that pits. The cherries. Are you serious? Oh, gosh, would I love that. It pits the cherries. Now, they have these things that are like little... They're like, they look almost look like a little uh, pliers or, or, or yeah. something like that, where you put one cherry in and you squeeze the, the handles together, and the pit shoots out, 
And that's one cherry. I found one that does six at a time. Nice. Six at a time. No waiting. And so you put your six cherries in, and then you squeeze it. You you push a lever on it, and the six. And where do they where do the pits go? They go into this little container. Oh, they're not going flying. No, they're going to start shooting people. That would be more fun. Yeah, right. Like pit pit fights, cherry pit fights. Where was that when I was seven? Seven? What about now? Right, exactly. I wish we'd had them then because I had nothing but older brothers. You want to know how many cherry pits I had spit at me through the years? But uh, those Rainiers, they don't last long. It's like for a month or so. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the the, oh, the, so the beauty of the season. So oh, I, I so enjoyed good. them, uh, you know, raw, just, you know, regular. Yeah. Uh, and I made uh, some uh, cherry cobbler. Oh. I made cherry cobbler. Do you make cobbler? I made cobbler. Cobbler is Probably uh, there's I love bread pudding. Yep, and a co- a cobbler. This is the first. I time. will drive hundreds of miles for a really? cobbler. I'm gonna oh. let you know that. I make next, me a next cobbler. Time I make one. Yeah, uh, I made uh, cherry cobbler. Oh. This is the first time I've made cherry cobbler. I've done peach cobbler. I'm not great uh, on peach. But I the, love the cherry. Oh, I love a fresh peach. What about a blueberry cobbler? I, I guess I could. Yeah. It's, it's not hard. I mean, it's it's super easy to apple. To make apple oh, with you know, the vanilla ice cream on it, I did. Um, oh. Shawnee, you like strawberry rhubarb? You, like, oh, you ever have that yes. combination? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that's a delicious combo right there. The yeah. strawberry and the fresh rhubarb. Uh, I you mix that into a cobbler and uh, you put anything in a cobbler. Anything in a cobbler. Uh, you you know oh. you put it in a pie pan basically. It's just a little like a little bit of sugar. I don't put a lot in, but some sugar and cornstarch oh. uh, in with the fruit mixture, and but, that's it. Yeah, and that's pretty much it. So, what's the cobble then? The cobble is what. What then? You take like a biscuit mix. Oh, okay. And you put a few dabs of the biscuit mix on top of it, so it. Uh, you know, it bakes a crust, yeah, yeah. Uh, basically, on it. So you've got the nice warm fruit. Now, on, is that different than a crumble? Well, I think a crumble would be like if you put uh, granola or something like that on top of it. And what about a crisp? That I don't know. Because you've heard of that, right? Like yeah. an apple, apple crisp. Apple crisp. So is an yeah. apple crisp and a cobbler I don't know and what a the differences. Yeah, a cobbler. Maybe a crisp. it's a thinner crust. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe it's a, th- a, a, a thinner, more or like an, more like a pie crust than on top of it. An apple brown. But Betty. there's no there's no crust underneath it though. It's just oh. it's fruit on the bottom. That's the cobbler. And the I, I guess yeah I guess so. And the cornstarch in it kind of solidifies it into mm. like a pie consistency. And you just throw the fruit anywhere? Just in the, well, in the pie pan. Yeah, yeah. right. No, yeah. But I mean, there's no, no, there's not, it's not, not like a. The, not on the kitchen wall. No. <laughs> like, no, so the cherry one. So then did you just literally pit your, did you actually just pit in, the cherries? In my new contraption, I pitted the cherries. And just threw the cherries then? Cherries Unpitted. Right into the. Well, you didn't even cut them. Uh, no, I didn't cut them. Oh, wow. I actually I put them in a bowl first after I pitted them in my new contraption. <laughs> I uh, did your new contraption. Where did you get your contraption? Wait, did we, we have to do a break here, right? Don't we, Jack? We have to do a break. Jack's listening to B96. Right? <laughs> Apparently, they're doing a much better show than we. I think we have to do a break, and then I'll tell you about all. All right, twelve fourteen is the time. Dean Richard Sunday morning. 
on WGN. I guess it would be Sunday afternoon now and not uh, <laughs> Sunday morning. Uh, we'll get into bow, the, bow, 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 bow. The, the food time show <laughs> uh, coming up in a few minutes, talking some uh, summertime recipes. I guess we got a little bit of an early start here talking about the yeah, the, your uh, cherry pits. the cobblers, the, oh. the, 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 the pitting uh, of the, the pitting. cherries. Uh, Which uh, the, during the break you're telling me so. In other words, your cherry pitter use uh, works like a hole punch. Yeah, it kind of punches the 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 pit out of the cherry. Yeah, and then into some little. That's what a cherry pitter does. Yeah, yeah. if you have the one that does a single cherry at a time, uh, it it looks like. An I don't old, think I've ever seen a cherry pitter. It looks like well, it it looks like an old fashioned paper punch. Right, where you would punch yeah, uh, a hole in your, pa- you know, a notebook paper yeah, or whatever. They, yeah. um, so in in the, uh, this case, it's big enough that you could put a cherry in it, and the, it's the same principle. It's yeah. this little prolonged device that when you squeeze the handle, the cherry that pushes the prolonged device into the cherry and pushes the. So the integrity pit. of the cherry is intact. Perfect. Nice. Yeah, it's perfect. Do you have to de? Um D, what is that little the, the stem? stem stem it? You do have to take the stem out yeah. before you put it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, so yeah. they're not even halved. I, yeah, I mean, I, you could cut them in half. If no, you, but you my point to, is, but I would. When you pull to. it out, it's not. It, it's, it's like still, a cherry. That is a great invention. Yeah. What do they think of next? What will they think <laughs> of next? It's American ingenuity. Man, man I'll tell is you. What, that's why this people, is the, put, people put this country down. This look is at what we're doing. Why we are the greatest country on earth? Look what we're doing to cherries. Because we've invented a, 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 a cherry pitter Fantastic. that takes uh, six pits out at a time. USA, USA, <laughs> USA. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so that's one of my favorite. I, I mean, on the food segment today, I wanted to, uh, I got a, a great recipe. Do you know who the actor is, Robert Pine? Oh, yeah, he's from, uh, he was on Chips. He was on Chips. And he's the father of Chris Pine. He's the father of Chris Pine. From Star Trek. Exactly right. Yeah. And he's a very talented actor all on his own. Uh, he's in a movie that's going to be opening in a couple of weeks. So I, oh, God, know, is he 100 years old? Well, no. I mean, God, he's still in movies? No. he's <laughs> He was the father. I think he was. 60, 70. Maybe, oh, is that no, all? He's got to be. He's probably he's around 70. Now. Really? Really? That's probably. all? He was but very guy. extremely distinguished. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, like like his son, Chris Pine, extremely handsome, dashing, charismatic. Like, you know, really super yeah. nice guy. I had a, a great chat with him. He was the boss on show. He was like there. He, he was, was there. He was the like sergeant. Yeah, right. Exactly. Something like that. Yeah. Right. But um, so uh, I did an interview with Chris Pine a couple of months ago. And I've been asking celebrities for their favorite recipes that I might recreate. Oh, that's a cool idea. On my TV cooking segment, yeah. which I do every Wednesday uh, at 930 in the morning. And Chris Pine gave me a fantastic recipe for... Uh, lemon uh, fettuccine. It's a Ooh, it's pasta nice. with some olive oil and lemon zest. Yeah, uh, and uh, a little bit of lemon juice. Very light. And uh, I I cooked it on TV. It was great. I've made it at home a couple of times since <laughs> then because it's a really nice summer. Yeah, uh, you know, pasta dish. It's very very light. Yeah. Uh, uh, so. So I asked when I interviewed Robert Pine, I told him that your son gave me a fantastic <laughs> recipe. I said, are you also a cook? Do you have a recipe like this? And he did. Uh, he turns out he's a cook, too. How funny. And he gave me a recipe for uh, gazpacho. Oh, He's nice. famous for gazpacho, the cold tomato soup. Yeah. Uh, which, uh, when, when I've made it, has green peppers and cucumbers and uh, fre- fresh tomatoes. 
and uh, I put uh, some V8 uh, in it. Just it gives it a tiny bit of spice huh. and a little bit of texture when I've made it. Uh, I happen to like it spicy, but you can certainly make it without. But he gave me a great recipe for that, and which got me thinking, uh, what are some of the other great summer recipes? Uh, so that's what I want to open up the phones uh, for that. Uh, stuff that you'd love to make in the summertime, uh, whether it's on the grill or just a nice salad or, you know, whatever it is, 312 981 I've got a, a $100 gift card for the Barbecue Authority in Lyle. Uh, if you go to bbqauthority.com, you can shop there and learn more. But uh, we've got a $100 gift card that we're going to give away for our favorite recipe that we get here oh, nice. in this next uh, segment. So if you've got a nice summertime recipe, give us a call right now at 312-981-7200. Uh, we're going to take down the uh, phone numbers for everybody who calls in. Uh, and uh, favorite recipe, we'll call you back and we'll give but you. But you got to earn this. You got to earn this. This isn't just a fifth caller yeah, stuff. No, this no. is you got to. No, they, you got to bring the bring the bacon, bring you, the goods. You come here on Sunday morning, you can expect to do a little heavy yeah. lifting. <laughs> Listening is is just the beginning. Yeah, we we can't do it all. Here. No. <laughs> we, much as we clearly, if you've listened to the show, can't. we cannot deliver the goods, especially over four hours. <laughs> I mean, come on, toward, and especially toward the end of the four hours. <laughs> Yeah, you notice how the last hour is always okay. Let's get some callers in. <laughs> you don't really have callers until about well, <laughs> we're busy. We're busy with other things earlier in the show. Uh, so anyway, well, uh, we're going to have some fun with some recipes here. Three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. Our uh, telephone number. Uh, a quick break, and we'll get to all of that right after this. You always were known as Dean Richards, King of the Dead Air, and so it's nice that you're you're, well, bringing, you're, that, you're, you're bringing that up again. You're talking to me. We're, <laughs> we're chatting during the break. Normally, I'm in here by myself, uh, and, but you, you and I are chatting about things when I should be paying attention to the show. Yeah, but no one does dead air like you. That's a lesson to you young broadcasters out there, by pay the attention. way. No matter who is in the studio, pay attention. Don't be distracted by what's going on. Oh, if they could only hear what we talk about. No matter how gossipy and <laughs> it is <laughs> behind the scenes. Uh, 1223 Dean Richards, Sunday morning, WGN. Did you say that you had uh, a summertime recipe? Well, I just say yesterday, in fact, uh, we love to watch America's Test Kitchen oh. uh, on uh, good old Channel 11 every Saturday. And they had a recipe that was very simple. And I would just go on, I, and, I, and I can't give you all the ingredients, but I can tell you what it is, and you can go on their website. But it was a broccoli salad with avocado dressing. Yum. And it just, I, I actually videotaped it so that we can go back. And Was and, it raw broccoli? No, she just she just uh, cooked it, boiled it very quickly, okay. just to soften it a little. Right. She used the florets as well as the stem, interestingly, Yum. to give it some texture. And... Um, Added a few other things, but then made this this uh, avocado dressing Yum. to put on it, and that it just good. really was. It looked great. I was watching one of the uh, cooking shows, <laughs> Channel Eleven, yesterday too, and it was uh, Scandinavian. No, 
uh, it, it was the uh, it, that uh, Patty is her name. I don't know her last name. She does a Mexican cooking. Oh show. right, yes, yes, yes. Uh, she's delightful. Yeah, you just want to give her a big hug. She's so delightful, <laughs> and she was uh, she was making some things, but she took some broccoli and cauliflower. Mm, I love that. And, That's one and of my cut favorites. it. She cut it in slices, not in florets. Oh, but she she goes down. straight down and yeah. c- cut it into maybe half inch slices. Puts it on a sheet pan and uh, she baked it like 475 in the oven for 20 minutes. And it uh, like roasts, super roasts these vegetables, brings out the flavor. They look delicious. They well, were a little char, char uh, uh, baked. Well, thanks to which you. Which I like. Thanks to you. Uh, we bought the air fryer. Oh, good. And what we do, we bought the same one, the Black & Decker one that you talked about yeah. a couple of years ago. It's a good machine. And, and we do that. We have in, uh, What we do is we cut the broccoli and, uh, and the cauliflower and uh, went online. And just found a quick thing. little olive oil, uh, some salt and pepper. And just put that in the air fryer, yeah. and it and it and it roasts, and it, and it you know what's great about it, it, it fries, you know it's less calories, but air it fries fry. the the florets, yeah. so they get that crispy, they get a little crispy yeah. and delicious. And sometimes when we've wanted even more, we've put some in the air fryer, and then we bake some, and it's the same thing. Yeah, it's so tender, it's delicious. The the juice, ca- the juiciness, cauliflower and uh, the broccoli. Yeah, it's a nice combination. And you do that to Brussels sprouts too. And she oh. made it uh, patty on TV. Uh, made it with uh, the sort of cream sauce, oh, like nice. a little uh, cream sauce. And I was like, that would be a nice summertime uh, yeah. side dish. This is Carrie calling in on WGN. Carrie, you're on. Hello. Hey, Dean. Hey, Jim. Hey. Um, hey, uh, that's Patty Vasquez, by the way. Um, different Vasquez than the regular one, and it's Patty's Mexican Table. Right. Um, I, I don't think but, it's Vasquez, uh, though, because it was no, it's not. Like it's a, pretty, kind of an Americanized no, right. name. Right. Yeah, you're right. But it's Patty's Mexican tables. Yeah. Show. But um, uh, so yeah, so I, I, some you were talking about watermelon and summer recipes. I was in Boston last year and had the most amazing salad I've ever had in the summer, and I've recreated it several times. And the cool thing is, you can do many different versions. And it's um, basically all you need is uh, any kind of lettuce you want, arugula, or a spring mix, um, watermelon. Um, some sort of nut of your choice. Walnuts work good. Pecans, whatever you want. The key thing is burrata cheese, which now you can get anywhere. Ooh, burrata cheese and watermelon. Yep. And then, and then, um, just a very basic uh, balsamic vinegar. Nice. Uh, I was going to say. I was going to say balsamic on that it. would be would make it over yep. the top. Yeah. And, and you can and you can do all kinds of variations. You can have mango. Um, some people actually grill. I, I just do too simple. I don't grill it, but you can grill. Some people grill the watermelon, grill the mango, put it all together, make it a little warmer. But the burrata, when you cut into it and it melts on it, it's just absolutely delicious oh, and refreshing. And how does that mix with the sweetness of the watermelon? I bet it's, it would be fantastic. Well, if, you use, if you use arugula, it's kind of spicy, you know, and, yeah. and the balsamic is, is, is salty, so it all just right. comes together. And well, you're talking delicious. about the burrata and the watermelon, right? Right, yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. I think it's fantastic. I put when I make caprese salad, oh, uh, whether it's with burrata or just the regular mozzarella, uh, mozzarella ball. Yeah, uh, I always put. Uh, you know, I usually do it with uh, yeah. fresh tomatoes. Yeah, but I always put uh, like a balsamic a glaze oh, yeah. or a little yeah. balsamic dressing with the olive oil, uh, and the yeah, you, you, the sweetness of the balsamic goes perfect with. You, you could watermelon. add tomato to this. 
you could add any, like I said, I usually to, I, I usually do it with uh, toasted walnuts, and it all just comes together. And it's in the summer, it's just if you have really good fresh watermelons, it's just amazing. Yeah, that nice. makes that makes a huge difference. Uh, I've I've done something similar, and I've toasted uh, pine nuts and uh, put oh, on yeah, there. Sure. Pine nuts, uh, you know, sometimes can be a little expensive. So <laughs> that's what I do too. I, I go for the the walnuts or like a slivered almond that I toast. Yep. I always toast them because it brings out oh, yeah, such sure. a fantastic nutty flavor uh, in them, and it gives it a little crunch uh, at the same time on top of it. Yep, it gives texture. Yep, it's and it, between the the softness of the, the the fruits, the nuts, and the crunchiness of the arugula or whatever green you want to use. It's Listen to us foodies here. Delicious. Listen to us foodies yeah. talking about the complex layers. Yeah, just three guys <laughs> sharing recipes. Yeah, exactly. Is that wrong? Is there anything wrong? About- Drinking champagne coolies. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you'll... And Jim, by the way, I, I don't care what you pay for Elton. Elton uh, <laughs> Thank you. I don't Thank care you, either. Yes, you I do. I don't care either. I was just curious what final night tickets were going for. I'd like for. to know what you do for a living, though, when you're not uh, going to concerts. So would I. Yeah. <laughs> so would I. He's going to want to find out after El- Elton retires. That's going to be the, too, be the <laughs> real question. Once Elton retires, what's he going to do with his free time? Hi, Hi Dean. Care- oh, jeez. I knew I shouldn't have given you my phone number. Uh, thanks, uh, Carrie. I appreciate that more recipes coming right up. It's twelve thirty-eight. Food time. Chicago Radio's only cooking and dining show. Our award-winning all things edible program. Uh, taking your summertime recipes down. Uh, things to enjoy when the weather is as hot as it, it has been and is gonna be. Uh, on the uh, text line seven zero eight area code saying. I started this 10 years ago to try to cut down on beef. I now mix one pound of ground beef with one pound of turkey, a tablespoon of Italian seasoning, two teaspoons of garlic powder, mix it very well, divide it into four, and make four half-pound burgers. I throw it on the grill, and they're delicious. And uh, probably lower in fat uh, as well, I would guess, because of the uh, turkey. Uh, the uh, text also says, I just made a hundred of them for Vacation Bible School final picnic yesterday. That is a lot of ground beef that you're making there, my friend. Uh, here's Mike. You're on WGN. Hello. Oh, no, nice, soggy Sunday. Yes, it is. Uh, we well, actually, speaking of that, by the way, uh, Dave Schwann's in our newsroom. And uh, before we get to your call real quick, uh, the severe thunderstorm warning is uh, definitely affecting the Chicago area, right, Chwani? Yes, uh, two counties, Dean, uh, Kankakee County and Lake County, Indiana. The severe thunderstorm warning going until one seventeen. This is a warning again for uh, Kankakee County and Lake County in Indiana. And we also have a flash flood warning for Cook and Will counties until 3.30 this afternoon. All right, so you guys uh, in the newsroom will keep track of all of that, and we'll have updates uh, throughout the afternoon. So uh, what what you cooking there, uh, Mike? I I cooked up some chicken yesterday, and I'm doing this recipe today, so it's fresh in my mind. Uh, I've got some barbecue chicken okay. left over, and uh, I make a penny pasta with the leftover chicken. What I do is I start with about a half cup of olive oil in a big Dutch oven on the stove, 
And I put in some fresh garlic and rosemary. Okay. And some sea salt. I like that already. And I let that simmer a little bit. Then I throw in some either mushrooms or pea pods. Nice. I've got both today, so I'm using both. Nice. And uh, you can use summer squash or anything, any other kind of vegetable, cauliflower, yeah. broccoli, anything. I add the penny pasta to the olive oil and the chicken I debone and I leave the skins. I, I, I use the skin too in the recipe. Sure. Yeah. You get just get that extra flavor. Of course, yeah. And then I combine it all in that big Dutch oven. Cast, you know, I use cast iron. Yep. And uh and then I add the uh chicken to it after I reheat it in the microwave. You can get rotisserie chicken if you don't have barbecue chicken. And it works really well, and it, and then I top it off with parmesan, and yeah, it depends on who I'm serving. But it's either cilantro or parsley on top. Right, right. Yeah. Do you put any other yeah. sauce on it, or it's it's just the? No, I use the olive oil as olive oil. As yeah, the sauce. Yeah, I mean, it's, so it's very light. I would imagine some of those vegetables give off uh, a little bit of, of well, the, juice there as in well. The garlic, the garlic in the olive oil cooking simmering. Yeah. And the rosemary. Oh, that's super really flavorful. Super, super, super flavorful. Flavor. But if you're putting zucchini in there and, you know, some of the other vegetables, those are exactly. giving off their na- natural juices as well. Summer summer squash, you know, I just simmer that a little bit in the olive oil. Yeah, I'll bet that's good cold, it too. Up. I'll bet that's good cold, you know, or like room temperature, uh, you know, to serve. I'll bet that's good, like room temperature, you know, the next day. It is. It's, it's actually very good cold. And then if you do... You know, I usually make a whole box of penny pasta. Yeah. And that's kind of like a, uh, you know, a masacholi. Right, right, yeah. And it's enough and, and enough for can, serving it and up, leftovers. Uh, the next day in a bowl, but then fresh parmesan on top. It's good stuff. I love that. I love that. They're making good use of leftovers and all those good exactly. vegetables for summertime exactly. as well. And it is. It, whatever you have on hand or whatever's at the market. Yeah. That's you know, a lot of times, like I said, you can t- find rotisserie chicken that's already been cooked. It's not being heated. It's in the free refrigerator section. You just bring it home, debone it, de-skin it, exactly. take the fat off. Oh, I do that all the, the time. Skin and the meat. Yep, I do that. I do that all the time. I I, I use those rotisserie chickens are super handy. Yeah. Some you know when you're busy sometimes you don't have time to exactly. And know, this is a super easy recipe. I mean, and you can do whatever you have on hand. You know, Sounds all the vegetables. Mike, like I said, I'm using pea pods and mushrooms today. Right, right. Mike, I appreciate your recipe. Thank you so much. Hi, Kathy. You're on WGN. you got a nice little Hi. salad here Hi, right here. Dean. Yes, indeed. This this is, you know, and I, I, I don't know if this is part of Robin doing her retro recipes <laughs> on the morning news. Um, but this is a recipe for taffy apple salad that my aunt Ooh. started doing in the late 60s when Cool Whip came out. Oh, boy. And, you know, and it was one of those things that we were at a, uh, we needed to go to a potluck, and I said, you know, what What about taffy apple salad? It was such a huge hit. I have made it multiple times this summer. Um, it, what it is is just taking a large can of crushed pineapple, draining it, yeah. and after it's drained, mix it with some miniature marshmallows, and from that juice of the pineapple, you add an egg, some flour, vinegar, and sugar. You mm-hmm. know, you cook it until it's thickened. Put yeah. it. This is the thing. Retro recipes, you always have to plan ahead. Right. So this is not a same day thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but you you put it in the refrigerator overnight, and the next day you just take that sauce and Cool Whip, 
and marshmallows, and you cut up some apples with the peels on, so that makes it really easy. Right. And some chopped peanuts, and I'm telling you, it is delicious. That sounds really good. Yeah, I mean, okay, so it's probably not calorie-friendly or whatever, yeah. but you know what? It kind of gives you that feeling of times gone by, right? It's it, <laughs> which, very, very not, nostalgic, is, and, and you don't have to have a giant portion of it. If, I mean, if just, No, exactly. I mean, I, I am amazed at how many people, I brought it to my sister-in-law's, and everyone just went crazy over it, and I went, huh. Okay, it's been a while since I made this. Yeah. Let's continue it. And yeah, everyone loves it. Yeah. Now, see, if Robin was making this, there would have been some uh, jello would have been involved somehow. And hot dogs. Hot dogs. And Paul would have uh, wa- all washed it down with an old style. Exactly. <laughs> and enjoyed it. That's, that's Robin's. <laughs> if you've never seen Robin's retro cooking segments, that's basically what it is. I love your recipe. It sounds really refreshing. A, re- a really nice summer dessert uh, salad. Kathy, I appreciate it. Thank you. You bet. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Hi. This is Pete up next. You're on WGN. Hello. Hi, Dean. I, um, a few years ago, or a year ago, I don't remember, I gave you a complete breakdown as how, how to cook everything on a Weber at once. How do, what do you mean, Steak, how potatoes, to cook? Potatoes, corn on the cob, all that stuff. Okay. Uh, but I never got around to telling you about the super simple salad. Okay. Super, my, super my simple mom, salad, you say? Yes. Okay. It has two ingredients, two, uh, Food ingredients uh, doesn't get much simpler lettuce, than that. <laughs> bib lettuce and green onions. Huh. All you're going to do is slice the after cleaning everything. You're going to slice the green onions, white and green. Add that to the lettuce. You don't want too many onions. You're going to have to come up with your own ratio on that, really. But the dressing is nothing more than vinegar and sugar with maybe a pinch of pepper. Interesting. So it's just the lettuce and... Onions. And and the green onions, right? uh Uh-huh. And a sweetened vinegar. Okay. Like uh, maybe a rice vinegar might be nice with that. You could do a rice vinegar, but you'd still want to add some sugar to it. You still want more? Okay. You you need a pinch. You need a pinch of cane in there. I've, I've tried different vinegars. It doesn't seem... You start out with a vinegar. Oh, this is going to be plenty sweet, and you put it together. And, mm, Still need some. Get out, get out the, open up the jug of sugar, grab a pinch for a whole okay. bowl of it, and and your proportions are going to be as needed as how many, how much you want to make for how many people. Basically, you you don't want the lettuce just floating in vinegar. You just right. want a drizzle, right? And it is light. Is delicious. Uh, the sweet and the onions work with each other and kind of against each other, making a good contrast in the mouth. And then you've got the lettuce. And the, and the greatest thing about this was when my folks, when my mom was doing this, she'd just walk across the driveway to our little tiny garden patch and pick it or pick everything she needed. Yeah, that's we the best. Them. That's the best when you can go outside and pick your ingredients for uh, and, a, and, a nice salad. Fix it up the same day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Take it, fix it up minutes after you pick it. You, you will realize, you know, the flavors. <clears throat> how how intense the flavors can be. 
that sounds yeah. that sounds fantastic uh and and, and like it's, it's like crazy simple i know it's crazy simple but it has a unique flavor and guests would expect it when they came over after the first time because <laughs> it's for some reason people other people couldn't make something that simple i don't understand it yeah i made a, a salad uh yesterday I've, i think i've uh I, I know i've made it on tv i don't know if remember if i've talked about it on the air but in the summertime i like to make a um garbanzo bean salad mm. it, oh it, yes it is uh, i take a, a pint of cherry tomatoes and uh, cut them in half I take a can okay. of garbanzo beans. I think it's like 15-ounce can, something like that. Rinse them and mm-hmm. uh, set those aside. I take uh, one of those English uh, cucumbers, you know, without the seeds in them. Or I guess you could just take a regular cu- cucumber, too. But I like to take the well, seeds out. I, I run a spoon. I cut it in half and then run a spoon through it to take those big okay. hor- horsey seeds out. Uh, and I cube that up. And uh, if I, I t- yesterday I t- had a... Vidalia onion. I, I cut. I cut that up, and I put all those ingredients uh, into the salad. So the cherry tomatoes, the garbanzo beans, the cucumber, and uh, the Vidalia onion. You can use any kind of onion that you like. I just happen to have a Vidalia in the house uh, with yeah, with some ol- olive oil and uh, red wine vinegar. Oh, oh, and feta I just, cheese. I had some feta cheese also. Oh, uh, must add, must add that yeah. to this mix. Yeah, mix, this mix. The yeah. only there's only two things uh, I didn't mention. If you don't have green onions, if you got a Vidalia, that's a good substitute yeah. for this little salad I was talking about. Yeah, and. Um, I love your recipe that you just gave, but I'm one of those people who can't handle indigestible seeds. Okay. So I'd be scooping, I'd be scooping out every one of those little tomatoes. Oh, oh, but, oh, oh, okay, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't really want to get deep into medical with you, but yeah, uh, I understand. A condition yeah. known as well, a condition known as diverticulitis, where those little seeds get caught and they can be very painful. Uh-huh. Sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. Same with uh, and and a weird. Uh, someone mentioned, uh, I think I heard someone mentioning, uh, using peanuts in, in right. one of their recipes. Yeah, for, for I'd be, I'd be substituting because, uh, peanuts, when you chew them, they don't grind down. Right. They shatter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're, and they're as painful as seeds. Yeah. I know, uh, I know for diverticulitis, uh, sufferers, the, those, those things are, are tough. So yeah, scoop out the, scoop out the seeds of the tomatoes. Definitely. But I'll tell you what, this is a delicious salad. I took it over to uh, a friend's yesterday, and uh, it was it was a hit, huge hit. It's a delicious salad. I was going to say, did you, you had to have it in a sealed, opaque container, or it wouldn't have made it to your friend's house. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that would be good snacking in the car, that's for sure, right? Snacking in the car, or, or don't walk down the street with that in a bag. I think it would smell enough that people would be following you. <laughs> it uh, sounds like it would be have a delicious odor to it. Yeah, too. it was it was pretty good. I got to say, um, I appreciate your recipe, uh, Pete. Thank you very much for the uh, call. Yeah. So what we're doing is uh, just getting some you know nice summertime recipes, recipes that are just you know great. Uh, for for summer where you don't want to heat up the oven certainly where you uh, just want something that's kind of nice and you know refreshing uh, 312-981-7200 is the uh, telephone number i had i had talked about how we got started with this was that um, 
uh, actor John Pine uh, has a, a new movie that's uh, coming out, and I interviewed him, and I asked him for a summer recipe, and he gave me a, a fantastic gazpacho recipe that he has cooked for his family, including his son, Chris Pine, for years, uh, and he shared it with me, and I don't have his exact recipe right in front of me, but I do remember it, where it's uh, you know some some really great tomatoes, like a vine-ripened uh, tomato that uh, you you can uh, I I do peel them so the skins are not in the uh, gazpacho. I peel them, you know. I just make a little X with a knife on the tomato, throw them in a little boiling water real quick, just for not even a minute. The skins come right off. They they peel right off. And then I cut them in half. I do take the seeds out and I chop them up. Uh, I take uh, the cucumbers that I also seed and uh, I chop it up. Uh, I use, uh, in this recipe, there was red bell pepper. There was red onion. There was green pepper also in it. All of this, uh, you know, just chopped up. And all of it then, by the way, going into a blender uh along with some uh tomato juice that's what uh john pine used uh when i personally do it i use uh v8 i use v8 or clamato and it's a slightly more complex flavor but his recipe used a little bit of tomato juice i'm going to post the the full recipe once we have it on the air but it gets a uh you, you you know put it in the blender but you don't blend it to death where it's liquefied. I like to feel feel some chunks in it. So I just give it a few pulses until it breaks down a little bit, and it becomes soup-like. And then some balsamic vinegar goes in it, uh, some Worcestershire sauce uh, goes in it, salt and pepper, of course, and uh, it's uh, delicious. You know, you put it in the fridge till it gets nice and ice cold, and it is a fantastic, this cold gazpacho soup is just one of my favorite things of summertime. You can put a little Greek yogurt, tiny just dabble of a Greek yogurt uh, on top of it, or sour cream uh, if you want. We'll post all the recipes up at 312-981-7200. Jim's been hanging on with a, a salad recipe. Oh, boy, we've got a lot of salad recipes here today. Hi, Jim. Oh, yeah, so much. How you doing, Dean? Great show. Thank you. Uh, my my recipe is pretty close to what you got going there. I use uh, garden ripe tomatoes. I use cucumbers, which I don't peel completely, leave a little bit of the skin on them. Me too. And Vidalia onions. But my trick is I put it in a metal bowl. Okay. I slice it all up, put it in a metal bowl, toss it all around. Then I pour zesty oil and vinegar craft dressing. Oh, okay. And put it in the Put it in the freezer for 10 minutes, ah. bring it out, and voila, it's done. Ice-cold, delicious salad like that would be so good. And it's so easy and so fast. It's like zip and it's done. I love that. I love that. There you go. I love that. <laughs> Jim, thank It all you. sounds good. I'm going to have to go get some lunch. I'm getting hungry. Well, that's the thing. This segment always makes everybody so hungry, but that's okay. Uh, Jim, thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Uh, Producer Jack is going to pick our winner, and we're going to be sending out that $100 gift card for Barbecue Authority in Lyle. Visit bbqauthority.com to shop and learn more.